man, first of all, man, I'd like to apologize to you, man. You know, you one of my you one of my favorite players and it's it's been too long since we didn't get you. You know, the pandemic hit you like I told you when we was on the phone, like man, I just wanna get you in person because, you know, you one of the guys, so wanted to make sure we had you in person instead of doing you over Zoom. So I apologize for that. That's all me. It's just a little straight out of high school shit he liked to do. Man, so, ain't nothing but a handful of us, ain't it? Man, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that's all me. So I apologize for us taking too long because it was well Ooh, overdue. But, man, first of all, I'd like to. Look at me. Go ahead, my bad. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for coming on the show, Rockin' with us, bro. We definitely brothers. appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. When you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Well, you know, first of all, everything happens in due time. I appreciate y'all, man. I'm a big fan of the show. You guys have done a phenomenal job. It's crazy. Eight seasons in now, right? That's longevity yes, and, and that's work, man. So appreciate congratulations that. to y'all. Uh, the first person that actually bust my ass uh, was Akeem Olajuwon. You got some of that dream? Yeah, it's crazy. I was in, the, you know, I've been in the league so I was in the league so long that I was able to see multiple, some even the people that I grew up watching, they were still in the league doing yeah. their thing. But Akeem was just that. I remember it was at, in Houston, and I didn't even expect to get in the game. And he made sure that I wasn't in there long. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't in there long. And I think I might have picked up three, four fouls in literally less than two and a half, three minutes. What was about Akeem that it was just, it was like, man, I see why you, you Akeem, why you that good? Bro, his footwork, his strength. People don't really talk a lot about his skill set. Yeah. He was 6'11", fluent, shoot it. Mix you. Pump fakes, mix, like, I mean, put on the floor. I mean, and he was strong, too. So the crazy thing is that people don't realize he fasted a lot through his through his career. Yeah, Ramadan. Right, Ramadan and all, and all that other yeah. stuff, too. So his, his, his strength jumped on me right away. I was like, this man at least weighed 350, but he moving like he 150, right? And so, you know, I had no shot. I had no shot in hell. Uh, some of it was because I was a big fan. He's one of my favorite players watching, growing up watching. Um, and then he just, the skill set was just too too superior. Yo, 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 we live on location. We out here in Dallas, fellas. You know what I'm saying? We live on location. Came to Dallas to get my man, the Black Liberace. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> hey, most improved. Ice man. One of the, hey, look, we ain't going to talk about the ice. Those, those is unmentionable. We're going to talk about what he did on the court. Yeah. Jermaine O'Neal, straight Hall out of, of high school. Don Dada, most improved. All-star many times over. USA Olympian, all that gold medalist. We got all that, man. We're going to get into a lot of big stuff, man. The Black Liberace, you hear me? The big dog. J.O. Say it up. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for having me, fellas. Presented by Hennessy. Move that started a movement. Like, you ain't the first guy that went straight out of high school. Right. But you are definitely amongst the, the, the all-stars, the, the greats that come out of there. Like, how was it for you to be a part, not only a part of the guys that went straight out of high mm. school, to, to even make that jump. I feel like that's a move that started a movement. Like, how was it for you? First of all, shout out to all the high school players that came out. It's a hell of a transition, bro. It's, not, it's no True. format that can prepare you for that. You know, you're going from a high school basketball court to a pro basketball court. So, um, you know, it, it was literally the hardest thing I've ever done. Right, because I went in a situation, because everybody went in a different situation. My mm -hmm. your situation, you right away, you cooking, right? You yeah. rolling. 
I went through a four-year process. Yeah. That was college one-on-one, even though after year two, I knew I was ready to play. Yeah. So I had to go. I went. I was fortunate enough and unfortunate enough, fortunate <laughs> enough to go to Portland where the city was prepared for a 17-year-old kid out of high school. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if you came to the city, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at the billboards, the commercials that I wasn't playing. So they had this whole thing ready for me to come. They knew that I didn't know how to be a professional. So that's the reason they did me like that when I got there, man. You. They had me <laughs> man, on their billboard commercial. But that's what they do, bro. Yeah. Like, they, like, shout out to the Allen family, um, yeah. the Portland Trailblazers, uh, you know, and, and the, the city of Portland, state of Oregon. Right? They just, like, they didn't put any pressure on me to need to perform, even though I felt pressure because, obviously, you know, Kevin did it the year before. Cole was doing it in L.A., Shout out to Kevin for, you know, for paving the way, you know, to bring that thing back to, you know, opportunity. You know, people did it before, but he made it a real thing, right? So he's really a a grandfather, almost a pioneer for us. But it was was rough, man. It was hard. Um, Four years of transition. I knew I needed to get stronger. I knew I needed to get more skill. Going from the best player on the court my senior year to being the fourth best at my position the very next year. That's a hard, I mean, on my own team. But, you know, Gary Trent, Shee Wallace, Sabonis, Cliff Robinson, um, Brian Grant, I mean, Detlef Shrimp, D'Antonio Wingfield, uh, just so many OGs that had an imprint on my transition, right? I didn't know what I didn't know. But once I started to understand, I remember, you know, funny thing is, I remember Rick Carlisle being on the original staff my, my, my rookie year, and he was assigned to me to make sure that I was doing well mm. so he'll come out you know people don't know this and shout out to the Blazers for keeping us under one roof um, I got so disappointed and down about not playing because I felt the pressure from the outside in yeah. about not playing I'm looking at Kobe looking at you know KG it like damn playing yeah. Why, you know so I end up stopped going to the games the real games the real games so Rick Carlisle came to the house he did a phenomenal job um and I remember not letting him in the house. <laughs> he rang the doorbell. You left him outside. Put the chain on the door. Open the door. I'm talking to him through the door. Mm. <laughs> but then I realized it took Gary Trent, Kenny Anderson, and all those guys to say, "Bro, listen, this league don't care about you. You better you better get it together." Yeah. So right away, I was like, "Okay, let me let me change my thought process before I be out of the league as, as quick as I'm, I'm in the league." Walk me through that, like when you like, what made you decide that I'm about to stop going to the games, and then like, like, like you stopped, like what? How did that go? Ignorance, <laughs> ignorance, blindly yep, the blind, right? Blind you ain't, leading the blind, you ain't listening bro. to nobody who telling you the real. You, you, you just came up with that, man. Listen, I remember having a conversation with my brother because I had my brother and my cousin and like six of my homeboys living with me in a three bedroom, I mean three level house, six bedrooms, and I'm like, man, I'm feeling a certain way. But, you know, in the league, you start feeling a certain way. And as soon as you blink, they looking at something different. Something right? else. Right? And so my, me and my brother's like, bro, come on, man. You got to go. I'm saying, nah, they they drafted me for a purpose. Disrespecting me. Right. <laughs> this is disrespectful. I can't yeah. get in the game at all. Yeah. And then realize, man, through that process that I don't know if I can be as successful in Indy if I didn't go through what I went through in Portland. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So people don't realize that you have to fail to succeed. Succeed. Right, because if everybody was 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 succeeding off the top, they'll never know what it takes to be successful. Right. right, it wouldn't be a thing of success. Right, and so for me, I just like okay, I get it. So it made me angry. Worked harder, competed. Those practices, bro, was like 
harder in the games. Think about the people that was on those rosters. And Portland yeah. changed the teams every year. Right. I mean, I ended up playing with Scottie Pippen, yeah. Steve and Smith. They were bringing the best of the best. Dallas Shrimp every yeah. year because they were mm-hmm. trying to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, wait, where am I going to get this from? Yeah. I can't get this on a college campus. Yeah. Right. What what was the, the process like like before you even got drafted? Like to even go straight out of high school, to even have the courage. Yeah, a lot when of people, did you make that decision? A lot of people don't don't know about the courage. Cause like, yeah, I can think I I'm good enough, my homeboy, my mama, but do everybody else consider me good enough? Am I listening to the right people that's if they, if they stroking my ego <laughs> right. and get me up here and I'm getting my ass buzzed. Like, am I really that good enough? And this it got to be jump. Like, for me, I was playing against pros already. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like I was good enough to, right. to at least be on the level to play. Like, what right. was your process of, like, man, like, to go to this league, to make this jump, skip college. I'm the number one player in high school. I know I'm finna go to college and be the man and get all the rocks. Right. But – to make the jump. Man, it was a mix of things, bro, honestly, that made me make a decision. One was, um, you know, like I didn't, I had a, I had a broken upbringing, right? You know, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't meet my dad till I was 30 years old, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I was always struggling with that and bounced around from school to school. And then and the stabilization happened with Coach Glimp, who became my father figure. Coach G. Yeah, Coach G, the late, great Coach G. And missing. Great. Um, and he changed everything from a perspective of vision. And then through the process of my area that I was raised in, I always played with older people, right? And then as, as I got to like my sophomore year, junior year, then I started playing with Xavier McDaniel, right? And he mm. was fucking people up. Stronger than motherfuckers. Bro, listen, he was, <laughs> man, listen, he was the real deal. And he didn't, he didn't cut any corners towards that process. He, every time, and it's like, it seemed like every time he heard something about me and I come in that gym, he reminded me what I'm what I'm looking to try to do. Mm-hmm. So I started playing against him, Tyrone Corbin, college kids, Shout and it out was T. like Corbin, D. T. Paul. Corbin, yeah. man, um, and there's the leadership with Alex English too. Um, so I had a I had an incredible amount of information and tools that I can use, but it still wasn't enough to to make you feel you know solidified. I then went to jail. The, probably towards the end of my senior my senior year, a lot of people don't know. Almost, Prison, jail, jail, jail? I went to jail, but then I was up, I was almost, I, I was facing 10 years. Four. So, and this is for every athlete, every young athlete that's out here watching this, every state has a legalized sexual consent age yes, that you can have. Yes, they do. No matter what. So, I am 17, my girlfriend's 16, girlfriend. Of two years, right? Um, didn't get caught having sex, got caught at the house. The dad pressed charges mm-hmm. on me, right? She said it was consensual, but in the state of South Carolina, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what she says. It's what the, the parents said. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was facing 10 years. Yeah. So I get through that process and I knew and so I went through a process of having to get reinstated, got half of the the town saying I, I'm a criminal, I shouldn't play. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be allowed to play. Then the other half's like, we behind you. Yeah. Right. So it became a, a very white and black situation in South Carolina. If you know, if you know right. anything about yeah. South Carolina, um, shout out to South Carolina because it's, it's the DNA of, of who I am today. Uh, there's a lot of great people back there, but, um, I got back, hyperextended my knee in a, in a, um, a gym full of NBA scouts and college coaches. And so I ended up meeting with Rick Patino, 
uh, who's who's really at who's one of my favorite. I, I would have went to Kentucky more than likely if if I don't went to school. And I remember sitting in the living room with him and my mom, and he was like, "Son, we gonna be good with you. We gonna right. be good without you." Right. And I dig that. He said, "But if I was knowing what I know about you, I think that you should go pro." Mm. And that kind of pushed me. He said, "You know, they got you kind of slated between ten and 17. and that number was was strong." Obviously, Son of Vicaro has, had been had a big imprint on that yeah. process back. That's back when you know, it was only one or two people controlling yeah. a lot of everything. Sonny and George Ravelin controlled all everything, <laughs> everything. So whenever they spoke to you, it was real. And Sonny and Pam really led me throughout my high school um, uh, career as well. And he got involved. He, he connected me with Aaron Tellum, who was my agent my entire career. Um, shout out to Aaron. Shout out to Aaron. And they did. They had the homework. They gave me my they put it on the table and say, hey, I promise you, if you don't, if you go pro, you won't go any further than the 17th pick. Mm-hmm. 10th through 17th. And I, it was the most nerve-wracking thing because back then you couldn't go back. Right. Right. You said you're going pro. It's done. You're done. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't get drafted, you might as well go find a new occupation. Mm-hmm. Tell me this. scary about how, how did How were you as a 17-year-old kid, like you said, like, you went through the situation with your girlfriend of two years. When that type of situation like that happens, as a 17-year-old that's got everything you got on the line, how did that impact you? What was your thought process? Like you say, you're looking at 10 years. I don't even know what the hell that feel like. <laughs> like, what were you going through mentally at that point? Man, I'm, you know, I think the thing that I remember the most about it, because um, this happened on like a Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It was after practice. I lied first and foremost to get out of practice to go to her house. Right, so... You should stay on on course, right? Don't be mm-hmm. lying to get out of damn practice and go you know, see your girlfriend. So I up going. I remember, like, that Saturday, it happened. And then I ended up going back home. And that Saturday, I just woke up to my mom. I hear my mom's yelling and crying. It was on the news at that point. Mm. So, you know, everything that you dream about is Crash right there on the line. Hanging in yeah. the balance. It go from, like, okay, he's, you know, he's possibly going pro this year to he's probably going to prison. Right. Right, and that's a hard pill to swallow, bro. I mean, and, and I'm like, well, how many years? Ten. Mm, yeah, that's crazy. But you know, it was one of those things where I learned a lot, man, and and um, it put a lot of things in perspective for me. When you was coming up in high school, like, when did you know, like, I'm the man, I'm the one, like, I'm I'm not just the one in South Carolina, I'm not just the one in my town, I'm the one. <laughs> everywhere and you you in one of the best classes yeah ever best mcdonald's one of the best mcdonald's games you know what i'm saying classes ever like it's heat <laughs> out yeah. there it's guys out there that's really really good and guys that's that was hall that's hall of famers now yeah. like when did you know like yeah i'm it i don't even i don't even think i looked at it like that I think the first time that i really was like damn this is a real thing is they they had to start selling season tickets to my high school games. Mm-hmm. And then all of my high school games start getting moved from my high school gym to arenas. Like to arenas. Oh, they pre-ordering your shit. Though. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so that was like the moment I was like, damn, like pre-ordering. <laughs> like I think I'm pretty good. Right. And and a lot of people don't realize I never played a full high school game. My high school coach would never we would never let us break. Uh we never we would never score 90. Uh he always had this thing about scores. He will go four corners and would never play a whole high school game. Mm. So the numbers are all, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Never played a whole high school game. So I mean, since you you brought them up, you brought it up. I want to I want to get into it. 
the first time I ever met the great George Glimpf, right? I had no clue he had nothing to do with Jermaine O'Neal. Mm-hmm. I was at Nike. No, matter of fact, not Nike camp. I was at NBA camp. Mm-hmm. I was at NBA camp. Anybody know anything about Coach Glimpf? He's the acronym king. Nobody can come up with him fast enough. <laughs> to this day, I swear to God, you hear me. You've heard me. I, to my boys, QJ and Cruzy, every day I call them MMM. Y'all, my main man. Now, you for a fact know exactly where yeah. they come from. That's a Coach G-ism. Yeah. <laughs> like any, listen what yeah, I tell you, lingo. bro. I can't, I can't stress it enough. This dude, one of the best human beings put on this planet. I don't care who he met, how long he met you, you remember His presence will come right You remember on. Coach G. I met him at NBA camp. And, you know, he was the guy. You know how when you go to the camps, they ushering you along and doing all this. But, like, he stood out with the with the acronyms and just, just his spirit and how he is and how he moves around. You remember him. Then he was at Nike camp. I'm like, then... You fast forward. I don't see him no more. You know what I'm saying? I go to college, do this, that, and third. I go, I'm in the NBA doing my thing. I get to the Knicks. Coach G. He was assistant coach with Zeke. Mm-hmm. Zeke met him when he brought Jay Oda to from Portland to Indiana, mm-hmm. whatever. And like ever since, like he's that type, he's a magnet. He he's that type of person that his spirit and everything was that rich and that good that you were drawn to him. Never ever forgot him. When I met him, when I got back to the Knicks, I knew exactly who I told. Him. Yeah, I remember you. <laughs> you know, me and Maul worked on the thing, and he he said and did things for Maul that impacted him for the rest of his career. It's not a lot of people that you meet in this that do that across the board with literally every person they meet. So just talk about Coach G and when you met him and how 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 much he impacted you in your life and your career, bro. It's um. Like it's so many it's in, our, in our upbringings, in our in our hoods, in our inner cities, it's, it's so broken in so many ways, right? Facts. And we have so many deficiencies as as people, right? As we grow through this process, and um, yeah, I was I was going through a process where I, I had this abandonment issue that I actually battled uh, my entire career, right? When I you know when I see you know a peer who has a has his father after the game to talk to. You know, and mm. one of the biggest things for me yeah. is is that I've always had to figure it out on my own, right? My mother's just phenomenal uh, as a woman, strong woman, strong black woman on top of it. Um, but it's just a certain level that she can never reach, yeah. right? That only males can reach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Coach Glimp became a father figure, right? As hard as he was on me and others, uh, he treated everybody the same way. Right. And even sometimes when he sees something real special in you, he going to turn the volume up. Yeah. Right. On this aggression towards discipline. Um, and he he ran it like many people thought it was like a boot camp. But when I, when I look back at it, you know, the discipline, can we ride on a bus to a game, not talk, walk into an arena, single file line that's crowded, people going crazy, don't say a word. We was we were not allowed to talk. He wanted us to focus on the game and 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 visualize what we're about to do. Now we got to go through leaving the high school, right? Locker room quiet. Get on the bus quiet. <laughs> going into another you know another gym quiet. Going into the lock. We're allowed to talk three minutes before we went out for the jump ball. I mean for the uh, warm up line. Mm. And when I look at that, and I look at all of the level of things that he did. 
grade sheets every week, making sure that we were doing what we were supposed to be doing in class. He filled the void in many of us, right? If we don't have him, he doesn't make the basketball team be the cross-country team. We're going to school at 8.30, and we ain't getting home at 8.39 p.m. Mm-hmm. 8.30 a.m., 9.30 p.m. Because you want to keep us out the streets. You got no time for no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You that, need this price. You're going straight home, get something to eat, go sleep. Too tired. Right, <laughs> too, too tired. tired. That's you, you too tired right, to be you in the been out. You don't been up at school all day. And, you know, it was, um, he, the, what he, what he means and meant to me, because obviously he just passed, um, I don't know if I can des- describe that um, because he always gave it to me at the level that the rest of the world wouldn't give it to me, mm. right? And it was raw, it was real, it was honest, it was from love, right? And I didn't, I never had a, a male do that to me, right? And so um, everything that I go through, everything I went through in the league and, and now giving back to uh, the kids in my communities, whether it's South Carolina, whether it's here in Dallas, at Drive Nation or whatever it may be, I'm giving, I'm teaching them how I was taught, Right, and then giving them some some experiences. You ain't as tough as they used to be, but you you you're a little lighter. Man, these days, they can't take the toughness how we took back in the day. But this man, that's a whole nother conversation with these kids. <laughs> like you know, but you know, he he is he is he he's the OG of OGs. Uh, he's impacted so many people, bro. That is not even it's crazy, not even documented. I mean, he's just he's he's a giant that we lost from you know from our world, and he's going to be greatly missed. I want to ask you, did you ever get a chance to play against Ticket? In your early years, played like your sophomore. Not in, so not in. I in played South against Carolina? Ticket. Uh, played against KG in Chicago at the at the Nike All American Camp. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, never played against him in high school. People don't, people think he's from Chicago. He ain't from Chicago. No, right. from South Carolina. From South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Um, he spent his last year in Chicago, but they wasn't good enough. Oh, they he good. was all world. Yeah, but, but his team, team wasn't, good, wasn't enough, good enough, so we never met him. So they were, you know, would lose, you know, early. But it was just him on this team, and it was no way at that time in, in South Carolina where we had Ray Allen and and you know Shimon Williams and so many other players. Yeah, you know, speak BJ that, Mack. Speak that South Carolina talk. Uh, they don't know, well, man. Johnson, the boys everybody. came out South Carolina, boy. Listen, brother, <laughs> come on now. That's why I told I told the uh, I told the mayor and I, and I said, look, we got to get this right. We got to get this city right. There's too many products that are coming out of their football. Baseball, ba- basketball, just some, yeah. just some monsters coming out there, and it's yeah, been it coming be, out there. When it be small like that, that's why when when one dude come out, he be an absolute monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to even get out of that environment, yep. Like to just get out of there is he he always be good. He the yeah. best. It, it's it's something about that person. But but it's so funny though, is that I had never saw I heard the legend of him mm-hmm. and never saw him in person because I was like, well, okay, he is he that good? Mm-hmm. You know. Man, we got Chicago, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah he, he's a dog. <laughs> he's a dog. Let me ask you this: when you got the when you got the U Claire, you told the coach, "Is this Coach G? You told him you're gonna be the best player ever there." Yeah, so it's, it's actually Eau Claire. How, how, how did that go there? Eau Claire, yeah, Eau Claire. Uh, yeah, I want the people, you know, people hitting you in the inbox. Yeah, don't have them. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He <laughs> so, fixed it. Eau Claire. Yeah, it's um. I, I had I always believed um, had this thing with like speaking things in, in existence. My family's very re- religious, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, mom always said, you know, be careful what you say. You say because what you say, words are a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So I had this thing where I was carrying around, I was carrying around monopoly money all mm-hmm. the time, and I'd be handing that, I'd be handing that shit out like it was real money. 
So my brother slapping it out of my hand. I'm like, bro, listen, I'm trying to tell you this is gonna become real money. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting to I go to high I go to high school and I go into Coach Glimp's uh room for the basketball meeting. I got two earrings in, I got my pants hanging down. Coach came and was like, brother, what what you doing? I said, Coach, I'm gonna be the best player you ever coached. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right. Bro, I was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like had to take dance classes to learn one, two. Like mm. literally, uh, shout out to Lewis Lewis Dreer, who's a uh, assistant coach and the head JV coach, who really took the time to really start setting that foundation, and putting the work in, putting that work in, mm-hmm. and so he didn't give up on me. I had this crazy growth spurt from six two to six eleven in three months, right? And so like, what? Crazy. The f- he went from point guard to <laughs> yeah, from, from to guard center. to yeah, to center. <laughs> Damn, guard to center. What your mama doing for your clothes? real issue. Like, 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 now, you know, back then, our mama's cutting jeans off and making them jeans. Oh shorts. yeah, or so snap, I had a lot of that. Snapping on you because you too well, tall. See, look, now see, this is the thing that people sleep on about this six eleven seven foot. His feet, he ain't got no Dikembe Mutombo's <laughs> out there. D miles eighteen. Nah, bro. Listen, let me tell you. Right let me here, tell you. Man. I'm every bit of six five and a half, six six. My foot bigger than his. <laughs> this is this is an anomaly of the world. I was right like here. thirteen. I was like a thirteen, fourteen in high school. Mm. What you wear today? I wear fifteen. Mm. How sway? <laughs> How motivational was KG and his process that year before? South Carolina kid like you, right. going straight out of high school. And I used to be intrigued. I don't know if it's you. I used to be intrigued of seeing somebody like. Not to be that way, a dark skin, a real dark skin dude, <laughs> our color. You I relate it more. You know what I'm saying? How motivating was him to you, like in your process and like the hype that you used to hear about him, the moves he made, the yeah. the, the good year he had his rookie year of playing, him going the highest ever. Like, how yeah. motivating was that for you? Man, I think it was. Uh, that's a great. That's a great question, bro. Because I remember sitting on the couch with my brother. Uh, watching the draft, and obviously I heard a lot about him, um, and I had got a chance to play against him in Chicago, but it wasn't really real until the draft, until right? Well. Watching that draft, and I'm like, damn. They're going to the league. Yeah, this, <laughs> it's uh, happening. You are going to the NBA. <laughs> this real. Right? And I wasn't, I wasn't old enough to know about the OGs beforehand. Right, even when even with Sean Kemp, because I was a big fan of Sean Kemp. I didn't know that either um, at the time. Right, because like, like, a young boy, we didn't know that didn't he know. he didn't go to college right. for real. He went to like I think a community. A Nobody community knew who Spencer like Haywood even was back then. Yeah. We didn't know about him. Shout we was too to young. Haywood, yeah, but yeah. he was the real pioneer. We were really setting the legal the legal aspects for mm-hmm. us. But KG made it. It was a cool factor, and it was a real factor because it happened. Right, they talked about it. He did it. And I remember sitting on the, on the couch, it was like, bro, I'm going to do this next year. Mm-hmm. I just told him, I'm going to do this next year. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what I, what it all entails. How your senior right? year would go or yeah, anything n- like that. Yeah, didn't know any of that. I just spoke it into existence. That's what I believed. Um, I knew based off playing against him and being around him you know, in Chicago for the period of time we were, we were together is that I knew the level of competitor he was. So I wasn't really shocked that he did what he did. Now, I don't think anybody thought at that time that a high school player can come in and be that flamboyant, that successful. That rallied that, that out. That yeah. Yeah. And because then you you kind of say, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit out of his ingredient pool and I'm gonna put it into me. Right? Already aggressive by nature, you know, the area I was raised in, 
So I just had to put a little bit of that of his of his success into what I was trying to create because I didn't at the time I I wasn't whole. Yeah. Right. I was still trying to figure this shit out myself. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just he, he just he he gave us a lot of confidence. Um, even even with I remember having a conversation with Tim Thomas and Tim Thomas was was probably more skilled than Kevin all Garnett. World yeah. in high school. Yeah. High school. All <laughs> world. Dude. Tim Thomas legend? Yes. <laughs> yes, he was a monster. <laughs> and that was like my brother. So we yeah. in the, me, him, and Kobe in the same class and, and, and uh, Stephen Jackson mm. and uh, Rip Hamilton. So we were all kind of like in the same. Chauncey, all of them. Like we in the same little thing. And I was like, man, I remember me and Tim was talking about it. I said, bro, what you going to do? He said, man, I don't know, but I think I'm going to go to school. Yeah. I said, well, shit, bro, I don't think I'm going to school. Yeah. Right. And it just happened. Everything, then everything panned out from the going to jail to, to the, the charge and all that other stuff. It just made sense at the time. It's it's crazy you say that because, like, Tim Thomas, like, that was the myth. That was the person mm. that you always heard about. That was the top Another person black that ass player. Class. I that, seen yeah. that. That was the top to person in our class that, that, you know, even with Kobe, you and Kobe going straight out of high school, I feel like everybody expected Tim Thomas to be the one. He would have been drafted. He probably would have been drafted highest. the highest. I yeah. think so too. He was slotted. He was, he was top seven. Yeah. Like just like as far as like the prospect type. Yeah, shit. but you remember back then, like every week the rankings changed. Yeah. It was based off success of what you did personally and what your team did. Mm-hmm. So it was. I forgot it was uh, Street and Smith. Street yeah. Smith. Yeah. Street and Smith. So you know it was always. Um, so I'm always peeking in what Kobe, Kobe was doing. What what Tim was doing, and me and Tim actually got a chance to play against each other a lot in high school. So I was real familiar with him, and I remember first playing with him at, against passing uh, Catholic down in Murder Beach, Auckland. I was like, who in the fuck is this? <laughs> and Kevin Freeman, like, <laughs> sounds like, as hell, too. too. Yeah. Kevin, like, I, I'm telling you, they like, came to Chicago, bro, Hoops in the Loop Classic. That was when I knew. I was like, yo, this hoop shit, high school shit, crazy. Like, when I saw Tim <laughs> Thomas at 16 come down that bitch, bouncing that head, Got them. Yeah. That boy had Work. the easiest 30 in like 16 <laughs> you ever saw. And then you had Kevin Freeman have like 18 on all kabooms. Man, all kabooms. Some come out the rim, he all over. I was like, yo, what's happening out here? Like, what I'm looking at? Like, he was so good that I think he was he was too good for high school. Yes. Right. He was like, I'm bro, he was like just, I mean, he was just fucking around and getting 30. And yeah. I remember guarding him, and we were just kind of going back and forth. I said, this boy stopping at the three-point line. This boy put the <laughs> – He ain't coming nowhere near the paint. Bro, this, <laughs> he was so doing, tough. He was tough, though. Let me ask you a, a funny question. <laughs> when you got drafted and you was in the league, how many people used to walk up to you and be like, are you Shaq, little brother? As an old nah, but, No, here's the funny – here's a, <laughs> listen, here's the funniest thing, bro. So, that did, that, so yeah, that did happen, right? <laughs> But the thing that happened the most my first two or three years, I remember being in, in L.A. on Rodeo Drive, and I ain't playing, and I'm walking around by myself, and I hear somebody yelling, like, hey, hey. And so I turn around, and I see him coming. I said, damn, somebody recognized me. Hell yeah. <laughs> so kid run up to me, and it's like, yeah, can you sign this? And I said, okay, cool. So I got ready to sign. He's like, well, he said, uh, when you guys going back to Seattle? I said, what you mean? He's like, Ken Griffey, right? <laughs> I was Wait crushed. a minute. <laughs> he thought you Ken Griffey. Wait a, a minute. big-ass Ken Griffey. <laughs> Listen, I wanted to tear, tear the shit I wanted to tear it all up. <laughs> we could a lot of, went a lot of ways. I wasn't expecting you to say Ken Griffey Man, right there. That was Ken a Ken Griffey, bro, and mm. I was crushed. 
I went on went on back to my room and laid it down. Yeah. You know, they used to mistake me, Plasco Burrs. They always used to say I look like Plasco. They'd be like, Plasco. That's pretty good. I mean, both of <laughs> no, y'all had braids. That's pretty, you know. It's all black people don't look alike. Ones, you know? All black people don't look alike. How was your draft process? It was, uh, shit, the draft process, my draft process was pretty good, man. Like, I didn't. How many teams you work out for? I worked out, man, I worked out for every team that was between 10th and 17th. Okay. Uh, I didn't go. I didn't go to the pre-draft stuff because they didn't want me playing on the team and then not performing well. So everything we did was private, either individual mm-hmm. or they aligned me with another player so I can play one on one with them. Mm. Who was some of the players you played against? Did you play against any of the high picks or, or anything I, like that? I want to say. I want to say. Man, I, I want to say a guy. Might might have been a Gauskas. Uh, mm, what's the boy? Gauskas. What's a big strong one that pot of pinko. Oh, oh Vitaly. Uh, Vitaly. Vitaly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember he him. Strong. He went to Boston, right? Yep. Yeah, he went to Boston. Um, I can't remember all the guys I played I played against, uh, but it was a bunch of the first rounders. And I remember just, I remember saying to myself, damn, I just got to watch these boys on television. All right, so it was one of those processes where I just like, you know, I knew if I got a chance to to go, you know, one-on-one with him, I'd, I'd play him. You, you declare, I'm coming out straight out of high school. How do you feel in that moment when you shake David Stern's hand? So I didn't. I, honestly, I didn't. I was too nervous to go. You didn't go to the draft. Oh, you didn't go. You sure didn't go. So to what? The you draft. was at the crib. I was at the crib. Kobe so went out, to the draft. You, you didn't your go name to the draft. Called, how, how, oh, that's even different though, because at the crib it's a different vibe. So you, what was that like for you? Yeah, I needed. I needed to have the people that I needed. I loved the most around me at the time because mm-hmm. there wasn't no guarantee that name was gonna be called. Mm-hmm. So I'm like pacing, and I'm like, bro, so like, I, I was cool. walking back and forth. The first, and I'm just gonna tell you in that '96 draft, bro. Like I was really solid. And then every week, once this college season was over, another person declared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you oh shit! So I'm looking like oh lord, and so it was like okay, it's like okay, I went from like okay, he can be a top ten pick to every week. Okay, he's a top nine pick. I mean, top ten, and he said, oh no, he's he's gonna be between ten and twenty now. Then when we got towards the end, Portland said that guaranteed if he falls at seventeen, we will take him. So that's why I was like, okay, cool. But it still wasn't no guarantee because my, my agent's like, just sit still. They had a little phone right next to him. said, when it rings, that's, that's, going, it. Yeah, that's it. Now, at the time, Charlotte had, I think, two or three picks in, the, in that first, mm. that first Did round. Did you want to go there? Because it's I Carolina. Wanted, I wanted to go there because it was Carolina. And I was like, damn. Then when they took Kobe, I was like, okay, they ain't going to take me. They ain't going to take two high school players. Right. And then um, I got a call when I think I forgot. I don't know who went 16th. I think it might have been. I forgot who went 16th right before me. I got the call from my agent. He said they're about to they're about to draft you. And then I said, okay, cool. So they draft me. I'm excited, everybody. And then I call like I call the Blazers, and they having like a, a viewing party and people booing and shit. What does that feel like? But hey, listen. I, it's it's been the underdog feeling from day one. Mm-hmm. That right? right away puts you in a position like you hearing that like oh okay. So it's like the like again when you look at the elements across from the time I was a little boy from my dad such that event I go back to that abandonment shit. Like you the underdog like he don't he didn't want me I wasn't good enough he didn't want me. Mm-hmm. So when I look at my process of everything that I went through that that those ingredients of abandonment jumps back into the fray. And I got to find myself working extra hard. They kept that chip on yeah, your to, shoulder. Yeah, to prove myself. Mm-hmm. 
And so that was the that was the moment where I was like, okay, all right, so here we go. They don't want me here. John Wallace got drafted after me. Mm-hmm. We knew the year that he had at Syracuse yeah, that year. Yeah, nice. They, they wanted him at the time. So I was like, okay, they don't want me here. Let me go figure it out. And it all just panned itself out. But it was like the best time because I don't know how I would emotionally worked in New York. When you got to, to Indiana, did you feel like you had something to prove to the league and everybody that you was an all-star, you was good? Because, like, I knew who you was because, you know, I watched all the guys straight out of high school, but you never, ever got a chance to play. Yeah. But when we got to the league, when I really knew who you was, when we played in in in, uh, in, in L.A., I felt like I in and out you at half court, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I didn't pass them up here and in there. And you <laughs> caught my shit at the rim, and I fell on my back, and that was the first time ever in my life that somebody blocked my dunk. But I think that might have been the same game because it's funny because I heard I, I heard about you, and it's like the kid that's always on skates. Like, he, <laughs> he dribbling on skates. So that's all I ever heard. It's like yeah, he, used, he running around, he handling, he, but he on skates, literally skates. Yeah, I used to dribble that's on skates. That's dribble. how I learned how to dribble. And so I was like, okay, let me see this. And I think that might be the same game that you actually dunked on. No, that, no, was, pre-season. that was in pre-season. That was at, I'll tell you exactly where it was at. In Indiana. Detroit? No. It was in Indiana. That was in Detroit. Indiana State. That's where it was at. I, I got it, it on tape. Oakland. No, it's an Indiana State preseason game. I know it was definitely at a bullshit gym. I thought it was Oakland uh, in Detroit. I thought it was. Indiana I didn't State. think it was Indiana State. I thought it was Oakland. That's when, look, this motherfucker 180. He gonna act like he was motherfucking Thanos coming down the lane. He dunked that bitch and y'all got tangled up. He, <laughs> it looked like a motherfucking a, a, a stick figure throwing somebody up off of him. And it was, he, uh, he, listen, oh. we couldn't forget that dunk for so long. Like, he talked about that because it, Hey, that was you. He was him, and it was the biggest shit that happened so far. So we were like, nah. What I remember the most, though, but like when we played during the season, the Clipper game, like I say, like I played, I in and out you at half court, and you blocked the shot. And then when you blocked my dunk, I really been paying attention to you and your game ever since Mm. then. And the reason I like you so much because you you like your your favorite baller's favorite baller. You Mm. know what I'm saying, like. Yeah, we say the Rasheed, we say the Webbers, we say the KGs, we say the Duncan. Mm. But I feel like your name don't get brought up en- enough because you was on the on the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. and you used to bust everybody ass. And the reason that the, the Indiana Pacers was at that level because they had a dominant big man in a dominant big man era. You know what I'm saying? Am I, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%, and I, I appreciate that, man. I think... Yeah, one of the things that, first of all, when I came out of Portland, I was mad. Yeah. I was pissed off because if you go back and you look at it, like, as supposedly you're supposed to be going up as mm-hmm. you get older. Yeah. But if you go and you Google, like, my, my numbers and my time, my time was going down. Yeah. And I could not understand Stand it for the life yeah. of me. I'm out here outplaying the people that's playing in front of me. Yeah. Right. My third and fourth year, I knew clear cut. Yeah. I was a starter. And I was Every ready time to they go. put you in the game, you did what you posed. And do. I'm chasing. Right. Yeah. I'm pissed off. I said, if they're gonna play me three, four minutes, I'm about to go out here. I'm about to give them my best shit. Yeah. So when I got to, you know, I got to, and this crazy story, I remember being in um, I was in uh, in Oakland for that crazy dunk contest with with uh with Vince. So I remember mm-hmm. I was in the convention center. And so I was walking down the hall and and Zeke was coming, Isaiah Thomas was coming, and I said, Oh shit, that's that's Isaiah Zeke, Thomas, yeah. right? And I watched him all my life. He stops and grabbed me. He was like, he said, keep doing what you're doing. He said, people see it. Mm-hmm. He said, keep going. And I said, all right, coach, I appreciate I said, Zeke, I appreciate that. Bro, not even 
not even six months later, he gets the job. I'm coming to get you. First thing he did was trade for me. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he called me. He's like, I told you. He said, your time is coming. Now it's, it's going to be up to you. And so when I get there, like, I'm already, I'm, 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 angry, as, I'm angry as fuck because the rookie scale was three years, mm-hmm. right? I had an opportunity to go be a starter with three other teams. We lose against San Antonio when uh, Sean Elliott don't fuck heel doesn't three, test right, that right, tiptoe. Right. Yeah, like bro, he caught a t- he caught the ball and tiptoe, tip-toe shot a yeah. three. And so I said, you know what? I'm gonna go back because we're that close to winning the championship. I'm young. I'm 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I can go back and be a starter some other time. Promise me, Mike Dunleavy promised me that I would play at least 24 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. It got worse. So I'm already like, damn, I just signed a four-year deal. They fucking me over. It's it, it's clear cut. So when I get traded, and shout out to um, Aaron Tellum and Sonny and those guys for, for working that deal because I was about to sit out mm-hmm. full season. Mm-hmm. I was about to sit out a full season because at that point I felt like it was intentional. Yeah. Right? They weren't even trying to even look at, yeah. you know. If you if, if people take away my first four years, which I don't want to personally take away my first four years, numbers-wise, look at what the num- rest of the numbers look oh, like. Oh, yeah. You, you are... Man, like like I said, that's why I always love talking about you and bringing your name up because, like you know, this is it's, it's a popular league. Some some cats are more popular than you yeah. and, and and all that stuff. But but, let me let me let me go a step further mm-hmm. though. I think the problem in Indiana um, was an acceptance, right? So we had this we had this bravado about ourselves. Once the brawl happened, everything changed, mm-hmm. right? It's like you know, it's, it's like they. They, the league at the time was ready to erase everything, no matter what you did. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I remember going down to the All-Star game as a starter, and my picture ain't nowhere to be found. Mm. Period. Yeah. Right? I led the league in, <clears throat> in blocks. Definitely did. And don't make a all-defensive team. Yeah, that's crazy. That's I crazy. averaged two blocks a game for 11 straight years and have never made an all-defensive team. Yeah. Maybe one a defensive player of the year. And so when we talk about like, and I don't, you know, I'm never going to be a social media guy being on there talking about that shit. But like when people, act, when that comes up and people's like, well, you know, why they, they, it's like this acceptance of me, like through that brawl process, it's like nobody never wanted to even follow through with anything else, right? Yeah. The lawsuit that I won. Yeah. Right. None of that. They, they didn't want to go never back. Tell you the good thing or what what yeah, happened. They, they, they were just bashing. They wanted to put me in the box on like this is how we perceive him for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fact of the matter is that I really, bro, that after that particular situation happened, I stopped loving basketball. Right. Think about like if you go and you pour into your wife, you give them everything that you got. Mm-hmm. Like Indiana. I gave everything that I had mm-hmm. on and off the court, mm-hmm. right? Putting money into the communities, right? Definitely Doing a will. ton of stuff. Yeah. And you watch it do you wrong right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. It cut me It cut me so deep, bro, you have no idea. Yeah. It makes you want to be rebellious. Bro, I was, I, was so, I, was, I was so hurt because it was like nobody wants to see what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Right now, I, I'm, I'm the out-of-control Black guy that's beating up white fans. <laughs> right. You know, and you don't even know what the deal was, right? And so 
But I look past that and all the stuff that was happening, and it's like, nah, no matter what he's doing, he ain't good enough no more. Was there a point in that process where you felt like, okay, I'm being judged, I'm being looked at like this, but if I do these things and need, like like you say, win a lawsuit, this, that, and third, did you think that something was going to change and then you saw it didn't and that like made you more like, like y'all don't even see nothing? I don't know, bro, honestly, I don't know what I expected to change. Mm. Right? I didn't know that a situation that happens, you know, you're, you're a judge for life. Right. right. I was I was judged for life. I mean, you know, it's crazy because, you know, it's interesting, I, you know, when you look at these even situ- situations to date, right, where I've been retired for eight years and with the, with, with the accomplishments that I've had through the process of my career— I have not even made the ballot. Like, let's put aside making the Hall of Fame. I'm not making the the ballot. ballot. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's people that have been on the ballot and hell, they even got in with two All-Stars or three All-Stars. Right? That has not happened. You know where when you just said that it took my mind to? Big Dog, Glenn Robinson, same difference. He 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 held firm and held doubt, and he's Close basically contract. one of the reasons that we have a rookie scale. And he got you know he mm-hmm. got what he got, and arguably whatever different opinions he should have been rookie of the year over Grant Hill and Jay Kidd, yeah. but definitely he was made an example of. Like we spoke to him, we had him on the show, and he told us, like he didn't get nowhere near the accolades he should have got because he had a mark on his back from that moment. Like you did this, yeah. And we gonna make you see see it through, and like pretty much like even now when you look at it, you don't really you don't hear nothing about they don't champion big dog. Like man, that motherfucker was a dude. Yeah, no, like, he's a monster. What? Big dog Robinson. He, he was he was a monster. I think and and two like we understood like I always understood what that you know that whole situation was, and again, but I knew that it was gonna be something. Mm-hmm. A fallout, some, some punishment, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. involved. You, know, you gotta. It's, it's a level of punishment that has to happen, but it's not. But I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand what what else you supposed to do. Like, what else in that situation? What else you supposed to do but protect yourself and your family? Like, I got people to live for. I don't I, know what's going. I on. I said on. I said on the federal. Fe, I said in the federal court on the federal stand. And watch a prosecutor ask me, and this is on record. Would you do what you did if you put in that same position again? So I said to him, I said, well, let me ask you this question. If one of those chairs that, by the way, wasn't all shown, hit me in my head and killed me, would you be the one that go to my, my family and tell them that their dad is and the husband is dead? I said, if I'm put in that exact same position, well, I got to protect myself and others. I'm doing the same thing. That's who I roll here with. Right. So <laughs> people talk about leadership in sports. Like they only, or in life, they talk about it from perspective of, of, of corporate America offices or in the locker room or on the bus in the hotel. They don't talk about leadership when it's compromising of your life. Right. They don't understand that. They don't know. They don't understand that. Right. Do they don't know that me? perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you're in a situation where people are bearing down on you and nobody's is helping you, mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to crack every single thing. Right. And so by nature, you know, with me, I mean, you know, we, we played together. You know how I am. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm a hey, let me. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, type of guy. 
but I will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. I will fuck you up if you if you compromise me. You straight up. Right. That just that's the nature that I that's all I know. Yeah. Right. But nobody wants to be judged off of a situation like that. And then the work that you continue to put in and you watch it basically continue to be Yeah. We talking about a, a, a situation that you had to defend yourself. <laughs> like is that the other way around where you starting it or you, you brought the attention to yourself? You have to defend yourself and that's the that's the fucked up part about it. It's like you penalizing me for protecting myself. Hundred percent, bro. And even beyond, once we get beyond that, bro, I remember, like, I remember, you know, shout out to my man Dedrick Faison, um, who, who's been my business manager for twenty plus years. I remember having this conversation. Um, you know, I, I stopped when I stopped loving basketball, my body started to deteriorate, mm-hmm. mm. right? Because my mind and my, and my feelings was different. Yeah, right. I be I, I was doing it because. I was supposed to do it, mm-hmm. right? Not because I loved to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it anymore Lost because love, it just love. because it was just. And I watched my body just completely just break down on me yeah. because I just wasn't locked in. So these things that you know, these are life lessons that I get. An, I now get a chance to tell my daughter, um, my, my son, and many others now about this kind of like. These are tools and information that we yeah, can Yeah, the mental use. aspect of it. You got to yeah. think of it a whole whole another way. It's like that can mentally be draining yeah. to you. Like, you know, people die of depression. People die of stress. You know what I'm saying? That can mentally break your body all the way down, and people don't know that. And nobody's talking about back then. You talking about mental health. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the they weren't saying that you back suck then. You yeah. trying to act Man, like that. Get you your weak, you weak or yep. you're crazy if you have that type of feeling. Yep. Tell me this. Like, when when when— Zeke come calling and he bring you, trade Dale Davis for you. You go on to lead the leagues in blocks for the first year. You know what I'm saying? You 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 see some type of success. Like, what is your feeling then? Like, like how are you after that first season? You play, what, 80 out of the 81 games? Mm-hmm. You balling now. Like, you really, like, now you starting to see something. Like, what was your feeling after that year? Got a coach believing in you? Well, it's two things that happened. Um, outside of Isaiah and Donnie Walsh really – believing in me. Um, the first day I got to Indianapolis, I was at uh, Champs right on the corner downtown. I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. <laughs> right across from the uh, Conrad, right? And um, and I remember, like, going in there, and I heard, like, the lady was, like, they were sitting right, n- literally right next to me. And it was like, man, that's who they traded Dale Davis for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they love Dale Davis. Right, like, and, 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 and shout out to Dale Yeah, Dale did his thing. Yeah, yeah him, and, and, him and AD did their thing. And I understood why they felt. And they just came off a of finals appearance, mm-hmm. you know, just a month or so beforehand. Yeah. So I knew it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this shit up on them. Right, I'm going to give them a reason. And the first time I got a chance to talk to Reggie and Reggie Miller, and he was like, I'm expecting this man to be like, Fuck that! We get we don't trade it. This guy we just we came off young the guy, yeah. got all these young guys and unproven <laughs> guys, and he he was like, yo, he was like, I'm gonna let you be whatever you whatever you want to be. That's all you need. As long as you work hard for it, <laughs> that's all you need. I was like, bingo. All right, Reggie Reggie meant a lot to me, bro. In Indy, he he meant he meant a lot. That's why I wanted to sit next to him so I can listen to him, so I can hear him, right. And and when he said that, it was like, okay, now nah, just it's about to work now. Just put the work in. How was them like? Uh, Cause like the East Coast, you know, you didn't have more of the dominance 
power forwards was more in the West. How was them West Coast trips when you had to go to Portland and play Rasheed, then go to Sac, then play Weber, then go to Minnesota and play KG, then swing on through San Antonio and get some of that dunking? Because these mm. are the guys, you're not playing, you know, you play four games in the East Coast against these guys. These guys that you play on the West Coast, it's only two games. So these are capitalized games that are like, yeah, I'm going to show them that Shit, this is it. How was them West Coast swings for y'all? Well, y'all used to come through and kick ass. I ain't like y'all used to come through and make y'all mark in that month. What was I think at well at the time I think the entire we so we so the West had the premier names. Yeah, the East still had people like Elton Brand. Elton Brand, right? Who was would get get busy, would get busy even with Ken, you know, Kenyon Martin and those guys in Jersey, right? Um, it, it would just. Every team has forwards that really pushed you because it was back then, like it was like people really didn't like each other. Yes, they did. Like teams did not like each it other. Was real physical out there. Say that team, <laughs> be that team. But listen, bro. Like, and it was like no hugging at the games. People, Ain't no they, jersey swaps, no jersey swaps, <laughs> no none of that. Like you, like you had to really bring it. And I remember, like, to go back to your question, I remember it's certain it's certain games I look at. And I'd be like, yep, this is going to be a early dinner, <laughs> get my rest night. It's going to be one. It's going to be one of those, right? Because I knew, you know, Dirk was, was Dirk oh, probably Dirk. was probably the hardest cover because of his size and his ability to shoot off both both feet, stop on the on the dime pull up, mm -hmm. right? He, he released that thing so high you couldn't block it. But obviously, you know, Tim, Tim is Tim, man. He, you know, straight fundamentals. Um, you know, Ticket was just more matching his energy. Got to match his energy all the time. See, well, just strong, skilled. I mean, it was a beast of a thing, bruh. Um, and 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 for me, as a youngster at the time, it was more about learning from him, competing at the highest level, but still learning from. Him. I remember we was in SAC, and I think I might have had forty, and see, well, had fifty three. Mm. Right, and so we, and it's like one of those things where we're. I'm like, okay, that ain't good enough. Yeah, right. I got, I got to turn it up. Turn it up, right? Because if you get, if you get forty, you give up, you know, fifty three. Yeah, <laughs> right. Powerful, so dominating the league at that time. You yeah. know, that that was the position that you seeing somebody every single fucking night, every night. Like you want no days off, yep. really, for you. Yep, at all. You always want to say that. Yeah, let's talk about uh. <laughs> It's the truth, though. I mean, that was I. Right, right. right. At the time, like shit, everybody had a dominant power forward or somebody a, a power forward. Center, dominant bringing. point guard too, but that was a, that was an no, era not of in power that era because like you you'll have a night off. You'll yeah. have a night off with, with in different positions. In that specific position at the time, it was a lot of dogs. And if you didn't have a dog, you had an extra strong motherfucker that's gonna extra beat strong. your ass up. Extra, hey, extra <laughs> strong. <laughs> Extra strong. You said to me, bro. like, I don't know. I was guarded by I fours. Then, remember? Four. You didn't play I was defended four, by yeah. fours. The Brian Grants, the Anthony Masons, they had to play two of them. Threes was too little. Yeah. You player. can't say that right now. We can't be honest. We <laughs> no, being real, right? We're not being honest. Okay. Power four going to guard you all game. They, they How did switch you off on feel you. <laughs> after your first year you get there, you didn't got you didn't start at 80, 81 games, you balled out, led the league in blocks. Next year you come back on court. NBA most improved. How that feel? Like when anybody win any award in the NBA, you done did some shit. Like yeah. how how did your pride swell and how did you feel about where you were going and what you were doing at that point? Bro, honestly, I was still angry. <laughs> 
Bro, I was, still felt I, like I, you had I, I was improved. still angry, so, bro. So wait, let me ask you this. So you was one of them people that you didn't want no fucking most improved. You felt like you was already that dude. You should be doing some other shit. No, I think so. So yeah, so you accept the award because you do feel like that's a that's an accomplishment. I think I never blinked at the time because I had went through four years of hell, mm-hmm. right? And, and I still heard what, what people were saying. He ain't good enough. It wasn't that I wasn't good enough. I just didn't get the chance. Didn't get the opportunity, right? And I remember, like, bro, I still got this thing to this very day, and this is what I I, I ride with my on my son on. I got this article and my mom framed it for me. And it was from a dude named Bob Bass. And he was like executive for the Charlotte uh, Hornets. And this man wrote an article on me, bro, that that was so vicious, bro. I never <laughs> met this man a day in my life. <laughs> but he said everything, the team would be stupid to draft me. He'll be done in two or three years whenever the rookie deal is up. Mm. You know, he can't hold these this guy's shoes. He's not this. He's not that. And so I always resorted back to that article. So no matter what situation I was in, whether, you know, Portland not playing or whatever it is, I always resorted back to that article. Like, this is what they're saying, right? So I got to know who I know who I am, but through my process of knowing who I am, I'm going to go quiet everybody else who's saying that shit, right? And then I realized, it's funny that we've been talking about this. I remember the year I was up for MVP, it was an article written about me about lack of leadership. And I was like, oh, this is what this is. They're always going to find something to say, and there's nothing that you can do to quiet. You know, so that anger and that, 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 that madness that I carried around, I let go. And I said, look, let me just enjoy playing this thing, right? Let me just enjoy playing the game. And that's when I started transitioning my mind to stop being mad all the damn time. See, that's what I was about to say, because you telling me about all this anger. When I played with him, I could see he was thick. You, it ain't no not seeing he, he with the shit. <laughs> you gonna see that, but like, not some angry, mad ass dude. I remember I'm gonna tell you the story one time when I was like, this was early. This was early, early, early in the league, in the year. We with the Heat. You had been there for like half the season before because mm-hmm. you got traded for Triggs and, yeah. and Banks and them. So you was there like halfway, but you still like where they everybody was kind of still getting yep. to know whatever. Spo don't be on that bullshit. Spo was doing whatever, telling us whatever, this, that, and the third. Was checking motherfuckers. I'm sitting here. I'm brand new. I'm, this is my first year. You know, I done came in through the back door, get lost 50 pounds. You shut your ass up. Yes, sir, no, sir. That's how I'm sitting here. I'm still, I still got it in me, black, but I ain't doing I ain't showing. I'm on good behavior. I'm on, on my 10, best yeah. behavior. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Spo at the board. He's saying whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm like in the, I don't know, middle row or something. J.O. sitting up there on the front row. Man, J.O. voice come out of nowhere. What the fuck is going on, man? You doing a lot of nitpicking and shit, Spo. What the fuck? I was like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> man, Spo got the same shit. Cause I, don't hear. I was like, man, I'm looking, I look at d Ryan, I look at d Wade. I'm looking, I said, oh, shit, it's real up in here, boy. <laughs> like, you know, I look, we get out of there, we get on the court. So I go to d Ryan. you know, that's my, my, my bro. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you kind of crazy, huh? He like, hey, he like, man, bro. Like, you know, d Ryan, d Ryan, like, man, bro. Like, like, I ain't got shit to do it. calling that shit out. Bro, when he said that, though, it was the, it was the way he said it. Because I felt like the way, listen, from my seat where I was sitting, 
I felt like you was young boy in sport. Like, he was a little dude or something. Like, hold up, bro. Like, he just a little boy. <laughs> man, shout out, shout out to Eric Spolster. Hey, man. Realest man. One, man, one of the realest ones coach, out there, man. One of the realest coaches out there. I don't think people talk enough about the jobs that he's been doing since yeah. he got he that job. He should coach bro. of the year this year. No, no, I'm glad yes, he got sir. top 15 all time. He got it. He, he, got his, he got his credit now. He top 15 yeah. all time now. He, yeah. they, 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 they seen the light. Yeah, yeah he, he should a bad motherfucker. He's supposed to You cold now. You cold. He just from the, from the, the video yeah. room, boy. Yeah, he did it. That's he... out the video room to the mountaintop. Yep. Bitch, that boy cold. How was it your first All-Star game? Like, the first time you got selected to it, and, like, how did you feel? Like, we, you feel... What was it? It was in Philly. Well, yeah, we was there. We I was swear to Philly, God. our second I'm, year. Yeah. I'm going to let him talk. I swear to God, I got a story for it. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, it was, um, that was, like, the moment. That was, like, the moment when I was, like, damn, like, this is what we've been working on. Yeah. Right. We've been working on we've been working on this 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 whole process of, you know, when I thought about it, thought about going pro, like I wanted to be an all-star. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you know, you get there and it's like you in the room with you everybody. You walk in that locker room, it's like Well, <laughs> you in that room with everybody, man. And I remember, you know, just sitting there saying, you know, so, so part of that you have to you have to come to Conclusion that you are part of them as yeah, well. There it is. Yeah, you supposed to be right? there. Yeah, you supposed to be there. You sitting back and you like, damn, this is the best of the best in here, right? And then you have to try to create your swagger amongst a bunch of swaggers, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to, <laughs> as your first year, you know, you got the OGs in there, and they, they, the OGs always yelling and, and talking. And I remember the year, the next year, um, MJ was coming, mm-hmm. and I was like, the I was like, yo, like, like you can hear him coming. Was he glowing when he walked in? Bro, like, listen, you hear, <laughs> you hear, him, like, you the cameras and the the noise. You hear him coming down the hall, and it's so funny because all all of us in there sitting, now we feel like we big dogs too. MJ walking there, it's quiet. And get puppy in. Y'all got, bro, listen, this is cold. He walking by, by like this. And we, Mike make all the big dogs be like <laughs> straight up. It's him. It's, high, it's him. Like, <laughs> oh, listen, dog. So MJ was just, it was, that was like the real, out of all the- That's how I felt the top 75 went. When we was watching that on TV, it was like, then you find out nobody knew Mike was coming. It was like, when Mike slid through, it was like the motherfucking Mike drop. Like, this is top, (laughs) this is the best ever dude. Everybody's like, oh, there go Mike, though. Like, yeah, Mike, Mike. Like, like, get the fuck out of here, (laughs) dog. That's crazy. No, Mike is different, bro. Like, it is. Let me give you the story from when we was in Philly. You remember this. This was the, I, I can't explain it. I don't know how. Like, who was that that even said it to us? I think it was, was it Steve? I don't know who it was. Maybe, cause, I don't know. We get there this year, right? We in the rookie game. We not all-stars. Yeah, we in the rookie game. But we on the floor with everybody. Shaq right here. AI, Steve Francis, Katina. We, now we, we, 19, 20. Right. You know what we doing. We Pepe Le Pew. We <laughs> all over the place. We got race. activity in and out. So at some point, we done got it so lit that the, the OG started to come to the little area right there. We chilling. Remember everybody went and got Popeyes? One of the homies went and got hella pop. We chilling, bro. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you the truth. This is a sidebar, but I swear to God, this is when I knew that you was about to be one of them dudes. We chilling with Shaq, uh, Chuck. And a couple of the dudes. And Shaq got his cousins in them with us, right? So we just, you know, we talking real shit. That was the first time that they was like, yeah, nah. That O'Neal boy, he trying to come for it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this Shaq's people. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the big Don Don. I was like, when he said that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay. Like, okay. Like, they put that, like, they, 
we don't do this back then. Like, it wasn't Shaq saying it, but it's just as good. Yo, right-hand man's is them sitting <laughs> I mean, here talking he about it. it. <laughs> that means that he know and he aware and he watching for you. Right. So for us, that was real, man. We walked away from that like, oh, shit. Like, you heard him talking about like, Like, bro, that was a real thing in Philly. Like when you was just like you had led the league in blocks one year, then you got most approved. Now you now you kind of arrived, arrived, and now you it ain't fourteen them. Now it's a dub in ten point five. It was like <laughs> yeah, the, the O'Neal boy, like you know what I'm saying. Besides the name, like but yeah, but like he he started like making motherfucker look at eyebrow. I'm like <laughs> I'm like okay, that's when I, I swear to God that just stood out to me when you said that was the first one because I remember us being in Philly and I remember. We running around like a chick on our head cut off, just trying to be around any and everybody we could. Mm -hmm. And I can't explain to you for the word. It was no other rookie, sophomore guy. We was on the floor with them. Yeah. I will never forget that. And then they really like rocked with us. Like we got to chill with them in the little general yeah. area. I was like, we here. <laughs> but you know, too, when like it's like when you start seeing entertainers show up on, you know, I remember seeing Hove on on the concert with the with the number seven jersey. Word. You know, that was yeah, that was a moment. Word. That was a moment, bro. That was the yeah. hard night life tour, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Talk, yeah. talk yeah. about that. Because yeah. we had a little experience with that. When, you know, nobody never wore Clippers jersey. jersey then you look up L.O., D-Miles, and, you know, later. Y'all had a move. Y'all had a crazy movement, though. It happened yeah. like that. Y'all had a crazy movement, bro. And it was, I mean, it was something that everybody recognized. I mean, y'all were young. Y'all was like the young gunners. That right? was the thing. That was our that was our calling card. We just we played the sighting so basketball. Young. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were we were cool though. Like, because like the same thing I'm saying, like, we was those dudes that we was gonna run up with all the smoke. Running up the chimney, trying yeah. to fuck y'all up, but like at the same time, we was like, yo, like that. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were so young and we were still like that. Like, when we got on the court, we were going to try and go crazy. But, like, I think that's really why, like, because, you know, Shaq embraced us. Like, he took us to his crib. We spent a New Year's kicking it. Like, like all of the real, real OGs, GP, Pat, you know, they really embraced us. Because, right. like, when we saw him, like, we was like, like, we was in yeah. awe. Like, remember we got to Zoe's crib? We go to Zoe's summer group. Like, we about to stay a week at Zoe's house, bro. Like but Zoe it, had a, I, a, a Sprite machine in the backyard with no, you don't got to pay no money. <laughs> when we first that got that, bro, we were just that sitting there like, us up, bro. That <laughs> fucked us up right there. <laughs> like, bro, he on the cover, he on the Sprite machine, and we getting free Sprite, bro. Like, it was crazy. But the thing, the thing was, when, when it happened for y'all, the league wasn't an acceptance of young, young players. players. They weren't. They, it so was, no, we were the only team the like this. In, we were the only team and, like this. And I'm going to tell you off the top because I remember when it was me, Al Harrington, and Jonathan, Jonathan Bender. Bender. Yeah, we was like, we was like, yo, like, you know, like this, this, that was our plan. Yeah. We just obviously it, it, it didn't happen. You know, yeah, our plan was to tear it up. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't really happen. But you guys were what many of us as youngsters will want to be, to be, especially right away. Right, you know that that league is about putting. At the time, it was about putting pay in your, your dues, time and, your waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then y'all was like, "Nah." I never looked at straight out of high school cats as the as in that term. You said like, "Nah." It's, I always looked at straight out of high school cats like a different fraternity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How special do you feel to be a part of that group? 
of the guys that actually came out and had the success. Because, you know, when they were saying it back in our time, they were saying, like, oh, this shit ain't going to work. Right. Guys going to lose their life and end their careers yeah. and all this, this bullshit for being a kid going straight out of high school. But when you see it now, having guys like you and KG, Amari Stoudemire, Kobe, mm -hmm. LeBron, all these guys with so much success for being high school guys, do it make you even more prouder to even be a part of that group too? Yeah, I think all, I think all all of us, man. I think you know, um, yeah. I think even you know when I look at you, I look at a kid that you know it was something that we hadn't seen before, right? All of us bring different attributes to the table. Yeah. But it was like this super fast, super athletic, super skilled, you know, this guy that's just just crazy, right? And I think it sets the table for other people to try to become the next Darius Miles, yeah. right? Um, like this is the, the you know, like anybody that's making that jump is special, right? Because it's such a massive jump to make. If you go to college, it's a massive jump. jump. Yeah. Right, and so I, I do look at it as as a special fraternity because it's not that many of us. So even when they was talking about, you know, I remember sitting in the locker room in Houston because it's, it's, it's the Houston All Star Game. They were talking about a new age limit is about to be brought into mm -hmm. place. So I'm looking in there. I'm like, wait, it's like 20 players in this All Star Game, and nine of us are out of high school. Mm -hmm. True, right? right and with other players having incredible success. Mm -hmm. So it never made sense to start to even stop it yes. because it was more people that wasn't it wasn't having success in the transition that that went to college. Yeah, the sense lies in we can't have twenty LeBrons that when they walk out this bitch they could buy any one of these teams. Teams, mm -hmm. so you one hundred percent. And I was just about to say that like that they getting more. The sense lies. But you think think about think about the, the amount of years that the high school players play. That's what I'm telling. They got way more longevity. Way, way more, more longevity. Right, and so when you talk about well, you know that you know they they use one situation. LeBron could buy a team now while right. he's still playing. But they use one situation <laughs> of a kid out of New York. I ain't going to say the name. Yeah. But they used him and was like, oh, he's the calling card now for high school players. Oh, he he went pro, but he didn't get drafted and he's falling a hard time. He went to jail. How many damn people that come out of college that, that do the exact same thing? thing? There you yeah. have it. Right? At some of our most premier institutions. The, my, 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 argument, no my argument is always and always will be that if y'all going to allow, what is it, golfers or tennis players to go and turn pro at 14, 15, like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. When you hear some of the homeboys talk about college and talk about the college parties, the college experience, do you ever be like, man, I wish I would kind of experience that? No, or, or I, I, that? I lived it my uh, junior and senior year. Okay. So I, I was I, I was able to go through, uh, go to some of the co some of the college parties at the University of so South Carolina. Been, you should have been at, at, at St. Louis. You were in deep, deep hood. I was you should have been in St. Louis. It wasn't no that colleges far. or nothing. St. Louis wasn't that far. <laughs> where I'm at. St. Louis was like 40 minutes from you. Yeah, yeah, but that was right next to the hood, and that, that wasn't the hood that liked 40, my kind. I'm just saying, right. 40 minutes, you know, you should have went up there with Big Bug. No, that's out my territory. Bug and Jay Tatum, you should have went up there with him and kicked it. That's yeah. out my territory. I can't be over there. You know, it's funny. The crazy thing was, at the time, what, what really made me was like, wait a minute. I remember being in the dorms with some of the players from the University of South Carolina, and they were like scrambling together to get money to buy Whoppers mm -hmm. from Whoppers. Burger King and like 99 junk, and jung, cent. 99 cent and Jungle Juices. Yeah. And I was like, wait, 
I said, so why? So they don't have nothing else for y'all to eat. Cafeteria was closing a certain time, you know, during the day. I was like, oh, you know what? You wouldn't have been under that meal plan if you went to school, though. You would have been all right. I'm like, nah, that ain't the place for me, bro. (laughs) I I watched what they were going through. I was like, nah, that's not. And again, every situation is its own situation, so I get that. I just think from a a constitutional standpoint, uh, high school to the pro should be a a thing. It should stay a thing, right? I Listen, man. Listen, I, I've I've always agreed with that. I just felt like maybe y'all need to, you know, you know, tweak who who's doing the the judging of talent and who's picking, and you know, y'all could make but, right some wrongs there. But but Q, but Q, here's the thing: when is the when is the teams like every other business in the in the country in the world are gonna be held accountable for their decision making? That's, that's my point. That's, that's they my held accountable instead of the person, right? Yeah, you penalizing a whole community of players because you got front office people that. Aren't doing their homework, but this is the bigger yeah, part about some. Like, for like I say, whenever I say statements, president. statements like this, I say some, not all, but I've seen some people like they don't right their wrongs because they still want to be right. They don't want right. to take the loss for fucking up. Like yeah. nigga, admit it. You like you fucked up. You picked exactly. the wrong person. You picked the like now you gonna try and force the coach and everybody else to play your wrong pick to get him a shot to do anything and look anything like they something because you don't want to be fucked up. I even even t- today I look at rosters, bruh, and it's uh they got like four five point guards on the roster. Yeah. On the 12, 13-man roster, you got yeah. four or five point guards. Point guards and then you mean. look at the record. I ain't going to call no teams out, but you look at the record, <laughs> and you wonder why they at the bottom of the, of the standings because how you draft. Mm-hmm. How you draft. It's, it's simple. You start being a, a little bit of a journeyman. What made you keep on going? I'm gonna be, Listen, I'm going to be honest. So I'm going to go I'm going to go start with Miami. Now, they wanted me to resign. Like, I knew LeBron and them was coming. I knew LeBron was coming. I, and this is the realest thing I could tell y'all. You know, they got that 8% body fat. That right? shit's serious. For a big guy. Yeah. That's heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. I remember going into I remember going into the pantry at night, looking at the Oreos, Oreos looking at me. <laughs> right? And I could, bruh, I am I am in a full battle daily on what I ate. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I'm I'm 30 I'm 30 plus years old. I I can't go through this. Yeah. Let me give you an example. You remember I told you this. Mm. We played the one season together, right? You remember this? At the All-Star break. All-Star break we yeah. went to Bahamas. Yeah, load remember? Trip together. Me and, look, me and D. Wright, we flew down there on our own there, right? You know, this is Liberace. You know, we feel like, look, he, he, did, he didn't flew Pivite. Hey, Clear point. He was like, oh, we, I'm, I'm about to go. Y'all, I was, oh, really? <laughs> of course, we'll come. <laughs> Don't say no more. We're flying private, right? So look, G. This was the coldest part, though. This is my only season with the with the heat, and I told you I ain't never experienced this before. We partying. We three, four days all star break. We ain't thinking about who. We out of we out of town. We out of the country. Mm-hmm. Passport status not far, but we out of the country, Bruh, It's us three. We literally with each other. Out to dinner, certain shit. We look at each other like, oh, oh, the word. That what you want, like. <laughs> Ain't no desserts happening, bro. We counting beverages and everything. <laughs> then remember when we got back. Yeah. Think about this. We get back. Uh, we fly private back, right? All of us. Everybody got that girl. We get back. All three of us, y'all go ahead. 
we be lying to the heat arena to go sit in the sauna before we mm. even get the pay. What we did, bro. Y'all, like Y'all didn't go home or nothing? Bro, this is how sincere it was with the body fat. Like, you, you could be out of town. On vacation, you gonna count your drinks, you count everything. All right, bro, we didn't, we kind of like, like, then you starting to do stuff like, hey, I ain't fuck that daiquiri, that's too much sugar and all. <laughs> like, we really no, like, no, own no, it. no, you asking dietary questions all of that. on vacation, bro. <laughs> you think I, if I drink this, it's gonna put something bro, up? Bro, that was the only time in my career that I had a, I had a real, like, a high tech weight scale in my bathroom because I went, you don't wanna show up with a surprise. You want to know what's going on before you even get there so you can walk up and step on that bitch with confidence like, (laughs) or if you got to pull a fast one, you know that you got to pull a fast one. (laughs) Step on there, step on there, I don't want 25. (laughs) But they clipping your side. They got the little joints. You got to be in, they 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 pinching pinching your side. So I was like, bro, look, I'm too old to be having a debate whether I want to have an Oreo or not. Right, I can't. I can't do that shit. So that's why I left Miami. Miami would have probably been a good situation for me, especially at, at that point. Boston was a situation where I didn't even know that was probably the two worst years of my life. Great city, great fan base. Um, body was just not not Acting holding right. up, right? Yeah. And so um, I ultimately end up going there because it was just God's will because if I don't go there, then I don't find the leak in my daughter's heart, mm. right? And so if you ask the question of why I continue to move forward, and a lot of it wasn't because I honestly did not love playing basketball no more. Um, my daughter, I remember coming home uh, in Boston, and so we had like this little setup where I had the Norman text on, and then the, um, the, then the game ready right there, and I go through my process every day just to be be able to go and do it the go next home. day. So they don't know that's a full time. It's a full time job. Trying to keep that knee, <laughs> trying to keep that knee it's down. It's like got a child on you at all times. You got to take care of. It's a grind. <laughs> and, I, and so at the time, you know, I, I, was, I was wearing hats and stuff, and still and. And my daughter came and she put her arm around me on the chair. She's like, Dad, won't you just quit? And I said, I said, sweetheart, that's not what life is about. Mm-hmm. We got to keep pushing forward even when we don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I knew she was watching. Mm-hmm. Right. And so not knowing through that process that I was that com- those conversations when she would come and sit next to me every day that I'm sitting, that I'm coming home, didn't know that she was gonna have to have surgery. So this is this is like maybe. A month or two later, mm-hmm. I get a call from my wife saying, hey, look, you know, we found something in Asia's test. She's going to have to have, you know, open heart surgery. And I'm, and I'm shocked, right? And so I remember, fast forward, we had the surgery. And I remember, I remember, you know, walking in the room and seeing all of these tubes and stuff all over her. And I just, I remember walking in, all the air literally left my body. Mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. Like, mm-hmm. tears coming out of my eye. I couldn't, I had to walk back out. I come back in and I'm just looking at her like just like face a little swollen from the, you know, mm. from the from all the medicine and stuff. Yeah. I turn around, I said, Doc, so tell me when it how long will she have to be like this? And he turned around, he said, Hey, so she, she can be here as short as she wants or as long as she needs to be. And I said, Okay, so is that weeks, months? He said, short as she wants. Right. As long as she need to be. She has to be able to get up and walk around. Bro, I go I go in and I sit next to her bed after that conversation. This is true story. My wife actually has it on has a picture of it. And I just started, you know, her eyes closed and I and I bend down next to her. And I said, Asia, I said, the doctor said that you're gonna be able to, you're gonna be everything went great. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna get out of here as soon as you're able to get up out of this bed. Her eyes popped open. Mm. Right. So not even not even 13 hours after her her surgery's done, she's like 
I'm, so I'm sitting in the room. She said, Dad, I need to get up and walk around. Mm-hmm. I said, yo, there's no rush. She's like, no, I need to get up and walk around. So she gets up. So she can't stand straight up because her chest is stapled together, mm-hmm. right? So she's walking, you know, kind of bent over and crying at the same time. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, sweetheart, let's just chill out. She's like, no, nah, Dad, I can't quit. Mm-hmm. So all the days that she sat next to me mm-hmm. and watched me go through the issues with my knee and, and everything else, it fed into her process, mm. right? And so when I got that, I was like, okay, I want to walk out of this league. I want to walk out of this league on my own two feet. I, the, I left from Boston to go to Phoenix because Phoenix didn't have any admirations at the time. They were young. They mm-hmm. weren't trying to win. And I just did the orthokine treatment. Kobe, you know, Kobe had reached out to me and told me about it. We went, we went to uh, Europe and did the, whatever it was that they did uh, with my knee. And then I came back and I wanted to test that. So I didn't really, I played that year. I didn't really plan on playing no more after that year. Bob Myers, who was my agent, you know, before he took that right. job, had me come in and mentor that team. Mm-hmm. And I knew right away that that team was going to be just, cra- just crazy good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, unreal. The work ethic was off the charts. I'd never seen nothing like that for young young guys all the same age. Mm-hmm. And so I knew at that point, once we got out of year one, they tried to get me to come back two straight years, which I, if I would have came back, I obviously would have won a championship. Right, yeah. um, I just, it was nothing left. Physically, I probably could have played probably two or three more years. Yeah. But mentally, my, you was joined, I was gone. You was out of Bro, I'm, I'm sticking my head out the window like a dog going to games, music turned up, trying to get myself going. It, and the process was too hard every day. At what point would you say, because you said, like, you didn't love the game. At what point would you say that happened? You start, you like, you acknowledged it, like, I don't love it no more. Um, Shortly after the brawl. Because um, I remember, I remember, like, you know, I, start, I started eating alone. So I would eat in my, in my bedroom. So I had to stay outside in Indy where... My chef would bring and sit my food outside of my, you know, outside of my um, my room, and it's to the point where even like I, I was so secluded to myself, trying to deal with all of that. Like I put a fingerprint lock on my door so nobody can come in and bother me, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So and like literally had in. to put like my <laughs> wife fingerprint, my fingerprint to unlock the bolts on the door. It just it would unlock that way. But I knew right away at that point that something was different. Do you like thinking back now, like? Because like we said earlier, like, I went through the same thing. I probably should have sought out and got therapy for mm. stuff stuff that I went through early in my career but never did. Do you do you look back on that and feel like, hey, maybe if I would have got help, I would have went through the through the rest of my career differently and maybe dealt with it differently? Oh, for sure. I think for sure, you know, now when you outside looking. Yeah, looking hindsight in, right? 2020. You know, it's interesting because, you know, dealing with, you know, obviously I had Ron Artest on the team and watching him go through his – battles with his his uh, but I mean even still even with him going through that like if we being honest we as a as a community like a black community we didn't really believe in therapy and all that and even when I heard he was going through it like uh, there was a part of me right or wrong and like well Ron Ron crazier than me I ain't like you know what I'm, saying? I'm not <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be funny I'm trying to be real like you know what I'm saying not trying to make fun of nothing like being real just like Okay, I can understand maybe why he doing it. I ain't like that though. You know what I'm saying? Like even though I probably needed as much, if not more, than him for all what I had went through. I feel like all of us needed. But hundred percent, and I, and I, I was that's what I was gonna say too. Is like I, I watched that not necessarily work, but it was to me it was far deeper than just that because 
I had this void. Remember now, I was already dealing with abandonment issues mm-hmm. because of my dad. Right. Right. And so when you grow up and and you're going through all the success that you have and you don't have a moment. So to this, you know, to this very moment I sit here with you with you guys, I've never in my life have had a moment where I can say, Dad, are you proud of me? Dad, can you help me? Dad, what are your thoughts? Can you hug me? Can you be there for me? I've never had I one moment yeah. in my entire forty three life. So that. so I can relate to you on that from this standpoint. For me, I lost my mom at twelve. Mm. So I definitely had my mom tell me she's proud of me, she loved me, all of these things. I didn't have that abandonment part, but like from a standpoint of like where I could relate to you, where you said you had moments where as an adult or whatever, you thinking this, that, or third, mm-hmm. like what it would be like. To, like for me, that part with me where like, like you say, like even with black, Mama Miles, I loved her to death and she was there and he got to do everything that I wished I could do for my mama. So mm-hmm. for me, that was a part of me that I felt like there's a void. Yeah, she never like she put the ball in my hand. She played high school basketball. Now my pops, he didn't play basketball. She taught me how to hoop. Mm. So it's like when I won a three point contest, that was the first thing she she loved the trifecta. So like for me, that was like it's the biggest. I can't tell my mama that. Damn. Mm. So like for me, that was a void. I I can definitely relate to you from that standpoint mm. of it and be like, damn, I. I definitely can recall, like, you know what I'm saying, different things. Like, you know, my mouth was there all the time, 24-7. Like, maybe times my mouth's cooking for the tea. I'm like, damn. Like, nigga, I wish my mom was here to cook for everybody yeah. and everybody be, you know what I'm saying, geeked and loving on her the way. Same yeah, thing. So I definitely, you know what I'm saying, relate to you on that. Especially when you have the, you feel like you got the world bearing down on you, right? And right. So, you know, every when time you go get somewhere, tough. Yeah. you know, it's like people looking at you funny, you know, and it's like, like, damn, everything I work for, right? And I try to do it the right way, right? I ain't late for nothing. I'm always right. on time. I'm professional. I care. Like, I ain't I ain't go to jail. I ain't, ain't, ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I, got one situ- I got away. one situation that happens. That's fucking with you. Right. Right. And the entire world, I watch people on television from you know, Bob Costas to everybody that, you know, basically said we was out of control niggas. Right. Right, mm-hmm. and so that that bothered me, bro. And then to to have to sit and deal with that alone, like a lot of you leave, bro, because basketball was really that was the savior for me from my young days. Yeah. That's that's what stabilized me, yeah. like Coach Clemp in basketball. So that basketball now became a real love and safe haven for me. And when that went wrong, people don't understand that. Yeah, when stuff don't work Ooh, out for people you, people don't understand that because hoop is like. Everything and for some of us, you know what I'm saying? Like he's like he's different times. You know what I'm saying? When you grow, you get older. But I could definitely say for me, you know, you seen me like boy. It was a period where, boy, when my brother got killed when I was in New York, I tried to fight everybody on the team mm. every day to the point where they said, "Hey, Zeke included." And I like to this day, you know, I always speak highly of Zeke. Like man, when it happened, Zeke showed up for me. Like man, me and my family. Planes, private, whatever, anything we needed. Like, psh, I'm talking about in a real way, but like, I was I was off the chain. Bro. They told me, like, yo, you can't come back here until you go see this person. Yeah. Like, you, we will not let you, and like, listen, if you don't go, it's gonna become a fine. Mm. I, and even then, like, you know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a, that was 24 then, 25. I still was like, eh, okay, I'll come. I sat here and looked at her for an hour. Didn't say one word. Mm. So I didn't start dealing with that trauma to like way, you know, 32, 33, 35 years old. Bro, listen, and I, 
anybody that's, that's, that's listening to this and watching this is that I think it's important for people to understand the human nature of it, right? People use money as as, as a scapegoat to, to you shouldn't judge. shouldn't have no problems. You see how big right, a country yeah, you shouldn't right. have, you shouldn't care about. Yeah, not right. understanding the understand. more money you have, the more problems that you have. More the issues, problems, right? Yeah. The, the, the trust, you know, you got you to figure out how to trust everything and everybody around you, right? But your deficiencies that you that you have that you were raised in will show itself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in certain cases with certain players, athletes, entertainers, whatever it may be, it's going to be on the world stage, right? And in many cases, you know, you can't, you don't have any, it's people lose control. You know, I was watching Mike Beasley's uh, interview. Yeah. You know, I felt that. I did too. We I mean, we got no choice but to feel it because we know him. Know we him. Know, we right? know him personally. Know him. Yeah. yeah. And we and we could see some of the stuff he's saying. Yes. Person, and that's why like people people be quick to judge, but they're not quick to solution. Mm-hmm. Or just be, or just help. have empathy. Like, right. Any type of help. Even anything. if you can't help, just to have empathy. Right. Yeah. Just like, to see what what's going oh, on. Oh, he got a million dollars. Why he over here crying? Like, 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 but that's real we shit. We felt are that. Human. Yeah. We just do a different occupation. Bro, I tell people that all the time. Like, I can't remember who always said it, but they said, I wish everybody could be rich just so they could see that it don't, it don't change shit. Yeah, like, like bro, that don't, that don't make you not human. That don't make you not hurt or not have, you know, loss or not have tragedy in your life. Like, money don't take that away. Right. Money don't make me morphin. Like, I still got to put my pants on one leg at yep. a time. I don't just snack my fingers and I'm in my pants yep. or I got magic or I got... Nah, bro, I got feelings, I got emotions, shit go wrong, my family members get ill, people die, mm. tragedy happens, Trauma unfortunate situations yeah. happen to, to, it's the same thing. Yep. And I, like, yeah, I got some money, but that don't make my emotional state straight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let me ask you this, like, how proud of your daughter is you for, you know, getting a scholarship, playing volleyball, you know, playing a sport and doing what she's doing, going through what she went through to be at this point now. You know what I'm saying? She, she's growing, beautiful girl. She got scholarships. She's doing it all on her own, and and she, she's out there doing it. Like, so how proud of her you are? I think, man, that's a, that's a hell of a um, question because my daughter, um, like, she was she's a lot different than my son because my daughter was actually there and went through everything with me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right, she, she, you know, she asked me about you know the situation in, in in Detroit. Right, we had a conversation to see her go through everything that she's gone through. Um, I think kids are a, a, a clear cut reflection of the parents, mm-hmm. right? So you know, shout out to my wife uh, Misha, who's done a phenomenal job on you know raising that young lady um, from a mother perspective. My daughter is. I feel like she's a female version of myself. Mm-hmm. She's very aggressive. She's gonna let you know how she feel. Um, she's a dog, Bruh, She's a dog, bro. I took that from when you said she walking and crying like I got to. Bro, listen, she she is she's a monster, and you know she had she ended up having another surgery, to, another heart surgery uh, a year and a half ago. Oh, I know that. Yeah, so she had a second one, and she ate that one. She ate it. Right. And so, you know, when you talk about trials and tribulations, you talk about, you know, building foundation and the deficiencies that I had as a, as a young man, I'm trying to reestablish and make sure that my kids do not have that. Mm-hmm. Right. With balancing suburban mindsets. Right. 
and help them understand like this what you how you live ain't technically they normal. Normal. <laughs> normal right yeah so you know you got to you got to respect you know the process the right way but she's been phenomenal she's finishing up her last year um a red shirt senior year um everything that I typically do now for this agency or any other businesses that we do I'm I'm aligning her yeah. to run yeah it's just she's going to play overseas uh I don't know how many years she's going to play um, I don't know how her mom is going to break away for her to right. go overseas because she's just right in Austin right now, bro. My wife stay going up there. <laughs> bro, we may we may go up to Austin two, three times a week, seem mm. like, but I'm super proud of her. Yeah. Um, I think she's setting a great standard for my son. My son, yeah. My yeah. son didn't see what I What was. she saw. Right. Mm-hmm. So my son saw her as a number one player in the country. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Right, going. So I always remind her, like, your brother watching. Like, how that feel, though, man? Like, your daughter was number one player in the country or something. Knowing what she Fuck went through. Fuck what it is. Like, like you said, like, that's a clear-cut reflection of, like, you gave her that athletic ability and she took it and ran with it and she put the work in and earned that. Like, that's, 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 that's an accomplishment, bro. Man, it, it really is, man. I think, you know, um, Bro, I'll I be at these games and the nervousness that I carry. Think about we've played in the biggest moments. Right, right? Seven, in front of 25, 30,000. And I'd just be sweating. Like, you know, they're not a day I sweat me rolling down your chest <laughs> and your back and shit. Yeah. I'd be sweating in the games because it's no greater feeling than watch your kids succeed. Watching mm-hmm. your baby get down, man. Bro, I remember, I remember going through at South Lake Carroll. Um, it, was, it was signing day. And yeah, you know, I'm saying I, I didn't go to school, so I didn't know what that I didn't know what that right. was, right? Yeah. So I remember going like going through. It's like this. They had it in the cafeteria, and it was just like they got this big ass cafeteria over there, and every every table was for a kid. And then they, whatever school they were going to, memorabilia, whatever family. Long story short, I go through there. I, I'm beelining through everybody, and and I see her table, and I, I was like, oh lord, like start feeling funny, right? I had to go back kid. out. You're right. You know, I go back out, get some air, come back in. Niggas tears straight because up. I felt like I I got something right mm-hmm. with her. Straight up, forget everything else. I got something right with her, and I think she keeps me honest in every in every manner. Um, you know, she they the reason why I get up and and do it every day. You know, looking at my kids, like the worst my worst nightmare is my kids not seeing me be successful away from basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't basketball is, is what was what it was, but it is important for me to show my son and daughter that I can be as successful away from basketball. Who did you have around you to 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 take your focus, the focus and the determination and the toughness you have on the court, to take that and put it outside the court with your businesses and all the success that you have business-wise and the moves that you make, the, the decisions that you make business-wise? Because we heard about you, you know what I'm saying? You, you're <laughs> oh, definitely doing you. your thing, but... <laughs> You know, it takes a mindset. Like, you right. just ain't like, yeah, I got money, so I'm just going to spend it on this business. If it work, hey, it work. But right. no, nah, you don't play about your business. Every business you do, you get out there and you do your thing. So who kind of helped you with that mindset to take what you're doing on the court and take it off the court for this mindset for you and your family? Man, well, you come with some good questions. I think, um, <laughs> right, I, so I think all of us, we're raised by our community, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's particular people, and I would say this my mother, so my mother, um, I watched her thug it, thug it with us, bro. Like, what I mean by that is I watch her be sick, beat down, mentally and emotionally from tired, tired 
working two jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, at night she had a janitorial job um, to kind of get ends meet. You know, one week we got the lights off, next week we got the phone off, next week we got the cable off. But we never went without food. We never went without clothes, mm-hmm. right? And so she always told me, it's like, son, listen, you better value everything and every opportunity because they don't come around for everybody, mm-hmm. right? And so I remember always talking to her about like, okay, well, like, you know, what is your plan? Like, are you going to do this the rest of your life? And she said, well, if I have to. Mm-hmm. And I, when I look at her talking to two young boys, it's the same as how I look at my kids. They need to see me be successful at doing something, right? And so every decision that I make, not only am, am I trying to be right and be make my kids proud, but the people that I'm involving into my business deals, they have families, right? And so if I include somebody else into a business deal and we're saying we got a partnership or I hire them, whatever, I'm thinking about their families as well. So I'm tedious. Now, if you, I don't know if y'all, y'all probably asked, T Mac, this too. Um, <laughs> I know y'all just talked to him, but I am, I'm an animal towards that, bro. Like I can't, as a black man, I can't, I can't see, I can't see failing. And if I fail, I've given everything I got, mm-hmm. every option, every detail. I, it just didn't work. But I'd be damned if I do it half-assed, and then teach my kids to do things half-assed. Because here's the thing. I'm not trying to take care of my kids the rest of my damn life. Up. I'm trying. Listen, I'm trying to I'm trying Negative. to have a— Listen, bro, I'm trying to have an empty house, walk around the house how I want, Straight do what up. I want how I want, you know, with me and my wife. And and my wife has been—she's been incredible. Uh, I got to say this about her. Um, I ain't the easiest person to, to deal with. We all are. Right? We all not. Shout out to the women. That is Shout out to the women. I don't know what y'all are talking Bro, about. Listen, no, I'm just shout out to the women. I might be the worst. Yeah. Right. Man, <laughs> <laughs> listen, bro. My wife has been, she's been a rock in so many ways, man. And she helps remind me uh, what's, what's important. Yeah, straight up. That's nah, that like real talk. I, I I take the same thing, man. The one thing I feel like I definitely learned from my pops more than anything. My pops drove Chicago, you know, Chicago Transit Authority, CTA, public transportation for thirty nine years before he allowed me to mm. retire. I'm like, I didn't get to retire him to like nine years in the league, bro. He was mm. like, nah. Like that just not what like my pop was just a worker and then he felt like a lot of his friends that was retiring like they passed away in a few years because they ain't doing nothing so like he was like nah <laughs> and mm-hmm. like even when I did retire I'm like he's never not doing something getting up moving around like, he's working on something at the house he come to my house he come out of town I got a, you know pretty new nice house you know built my house and he be trying to work and do shit I'm like pops it's not that type of house to do mm-hmm. that. Bro, that's, that's, that's pedigree, bro. Nah, and that's why I say I appreciate the hell out of my pops because I feel like watching him and, and experiencing what he does, it made me the way I am. And it doesn't matter what's going on. I can't not work. I can't not do something. Right. I can't not get up at 8 o'clock in the morning, 7, 30, 8 o'clock, and then, like, now my kids get to see me do that. Mm-hmm. And they get to see what, the, you know, what like, what no matter what's going on. Like, my kids didn't get to see me hooping. Oh, no, no. They got to see me playing a big three a little bit. That's not me hooping. That was right. just, you know, they got to yeah, see whatever. That wasn't me. We know. You shut up. <laughs> but, but like I said, like, they didn't get to see that. So they when they see me, I'm out here getting to it. Leave five in the morning, fly back at nine at night, taking y'all to school, picking y'all up, y'all got y'all everything you need is given to you, and you 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 see me going to the Magic games, calling the games, being on TV, doing this, doing this with D, going here, going there, like y'all see 
that Pops is getting fucking to it. And this is what the fuck it's about. It's no easy routes in this life. Ain't nothing about to come easy. And y'all seeing me every day, I'm putting, I'm checking that clock. And this is what this is what it's gonna be about. Son, like, hey, son, I hope you may play basketball or, or do it. Whatever. Right. I hope it is whatever y'all want it to be, but just know, work gonna be part of it. Right. It ain't gonna be without work. But they gonna the kids gonna be break in. It goes back to, you know, we wanna be every generation we wanna make better than yeah. the previous, right? So we're setting the standard to what that is. That's why I don't understand. And I would I would recommend for any parent that's out there, mother or father, the impact that you can have. Good or bad is significant. Significant. Know that. And I think you know whether you whether you have the money or not, it takes time, right? Just That's give them your time. Thing. You know that. Bro, I could, I, that could be a whole nother show, bro. I'm, I'm super passionate about that, man. And and um, you know, because it's us, it's, it's people like ourselves who sit and and laugh and joke about this that still deal with deficient deficiencies that was left in our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And so definitely do. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't go away. So just do, do your best job that you can to ra- help raise your kids. It's important. Right. Start bench trade. You gotta start oh, one. Lord. You gotta bench one. You gotta trade. I actually got two categories for you. I got two categories. The first category is Carl Malone, Sean Kemp, Charles Barkley. Who do you start who do you bench? Who do you trade? Mm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start Charles. Okay. Um, I'm a I'm a bench Carmelo. I'm a trade Sean Kemp, and that hurts me because Sean Kemp was Your my guy. guy. <laughs> that was my guy. But when I look at the body of work, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I, you, I feel that. Yeah. Start bench trade. Duncan, Rasheed, KG. Who do you start? Who do you bench? Who do you trade? I gotta go. I'm gonna start Duncan. Um, damn, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, she's my god too. That's why he did it. He ain't shit. This was intentional. It'd been an easy decision. I didn't leave him out. Hmm. <laughs> South Carolina over she. First name, which one? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, Damn, because it's it's really it it really depends on what I need at the time. You know, <laughs> you going KG. That's what they turn when they don't want to see it. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm gonna go. What I need. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, Tim, start Tim, bench a ticket, and then trade sheet. And this is this, this is what I ask everybody, but I don't know that there has been anybody that I have been looking forward to asking this more so than the Black Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me? Like I ask everybody. This, hey, listen. This ain't about no mama shit. This ain't about no Coach Glitz, like Coach G getting them. Nah, nah, nah. And you know I know exclusively some of the shit you done did. So I need one of the real good stories about something that the, the, the black Liberace did when he had that change. You done got, you done got, I ain't going to talk about your double bags public knowledge. I ain't going to just say that though. But like, man, it got a lot of change. Nice little, like what? What, what did you do for you instead of, not the moms and all that? Pick what a good one like, because like, don't play with me. I know how many times you did. I can name times myself when I was impressed when you didn't even know me. And so like pick something good. Wait, so. Of something that I bought myself, or something that I did. Something that you treated you yourself. Like, I don't care if you bought yourself or if you did. Something. I'm talking about something. You would look back like some, man. Some, why did I do some, that? some where you felt like, yeah, I'm the number one stunner, bitch. Like well, you, hear I, me? Well, I, you know what? I can say this though. It was uh, wait a minute. It was, a, it was the last game of the season, 
who's in Atlanta. Um, is that Magic City? Mm. So this might have been my worst buy, my worst spin. <laughs> <laughs> might have been my worst spin. Um, and we, I think it was. So it was me, Stephen Jackson, um, Jamal Tinsley. Oh yeah, um, Young Mall. Yeah, so Young Young Mall. Yes. And we spent, I think it was like eighty thousand. That was so funny because we started throwing the whole brick. They bring them out in bricks at once. And we threw his throwing it at the DJ. Oh, the DJ got mad and he realized what it was. And he was like, oh, we good. Just FYI, I'd have been one of them, one of them dudes in the video that y'all saw getting up out of there with everything he threw at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have kicked that shit to the side till it was out of the picture. Like, oh, oh, ain't nothing happening over here. That, like, that might have been my worst spin, though. I mean, so, that, that easily my worst spin. Let me just explain to y'all why I call him the Black Liberace. Before I ever had the, you know, the pleasure of playing, being his teammate in Miami, where I saw all kind of shit with the Flyers <laughs> Liberty. Hey, that was when I really it was unveiled. Like, bitch, how many different chains you got? Iceman. What? J-O, but I'm gonna just man. go to the first time. I'm gonna tell it, it was you and Gary Payne. And GP. The earrings look like they was mirrors <laughs> on This was me and D-Mile, we young <laughs> oh, boys, second year in the league. This when, when Chris Ayer, the Iceman, was out. Oh this is when they first man. came out with rose gold jewelry. Oh. You got it on now. I had never seen it before never. in my life. All I saw was either gold or whatever you want to call it, silver, platinum. I didn't even know what platinum existed. I thought it was either silver or gold. Cool. Stainless steel, I guess, too. This motherfucker here, him and GP rose up, boy. Ooh. They had you had that big dumbass cross with the watch with the mm. oh man I said oh my lord what is that <laughs> I was like what <laughs> you remember when we what? saw that bro like we was like we, dog you couldn't tell us now we told every single everybody break. everybody who would listen everybody. Jermaine O'Neal and Gary Payton I never because <laughs> I remember GP they had in their that was when GP had the three one zero the Escalade with the with the with the uh <laughs> with the <laughs> with the Sways with the Sway rules. <laughs> With the rug, with the with the velvety rug, I say, yo, what is happening? Like, boy, I have never listened. That is the single single time that I saw something and I wanted it more than anything that I couldn't like oh, get yeah. at a time. Like when y'all came, I swear to God, when y'all came with <laughs> when that. I, I get told my you that ice, came I need to look like J. Y'all came with that <laughs> rose gold. I need to look like that. Hell. Shit was dark skin we dude, man. I'm bro, you know where I was at when we saw you? We were in LA. In LA. The first ever when Beyonce went solo, her album release party. Yeah. That's what we read yep. when you came in with that shit and GP came in there too. I'm Baby like, what, you got too. this shit too? Yeah. Like, oh no, what's going on? Was that like, the Garden of Eden? Maybe. It might have been the Garden of Eden or some shit like that. But like, no lie, true story. Like, bro, when you came with that, that shit, that shit. And I never got nothing from Iceman because, you know, like, we ain't have it like that, bro. Like, yeah, it's, it's so crazy because he, he used to be, like, they know what to say to you, right? So he was like, yo, J.O., I got this, I got this, this new rose gold. It's soft. I was like, Saul? <laughs> how, how gold and diamonds is Saul? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it to you. Man, he brought it to me. I was like, yo, I got to have that. Because you ain't seen nobody else where you knew you was going to be the first bro, motherfucker on the bro. block with. When, like, I seen I, when he bro. came with, I said, oh the my. The cross is like this big. It yeah. was big as hell. Yeah, the cross, oh, the like cross was big. stupid oh. big. The big 
said it was about big as your abs supposed to be. I was like, bro. I didn't see your ear. I just seen all diamonds. Like, this boy got a whole ear full of diamonds. Y'all could quote me on this. I will never forget that night. And I have told so many people about it that it makes no sense. Like, I'm telling you, when I saw that shit, I couldn't stop talking about it. I talked about that shit for like the next month and a half. We tapping each other like, look, I can still see him across the room. He's still shining. Y'all think I'm playing. ain't no light on him. He in the corner. This shit, like, you got to understand. It was like, I've been in a cave, so I ain't never seen. Yeah, this shit. bro. Y'all and it's like king, fly, like, bro. ooh. I yeah. said, man, look at this. I got I got to get some of that J-O-G-P I paid ice. attention to that. That J-O-G-P was on. But that's back when everything was uh, super icy. That was even the ice age. Ice age. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Chuck had us in the ice bracelet, age. The big, oh, yeah. Mm. That was when you and Shaq had the dog. The biggest bracelet I ever seen in They had iced out shackles. <laughs> Listen. You ain't ever seen a bracelet this thick <laughs> with invisible diamonds and <laughs> all of this got stuff. I still got that one too. I'm going to melt them all down soon and hand it off to my, my one, kids. My one claim to fame, my one claim to fame is that I got them to buy the Jason watch, the Dunamis. The Dunamis. Even though, look, in true Liberace fashion, <laughs> in true Liberace enough. fashion, he, no, no, no. I came with one. And he he jumped over the jump man with man. He said, "Oh, I see your wrist." He said, "Yo, his bracelet is nice. I don't want man like that." He said, "I want the whole bracelet to be invisible, no nothing." Uh. You know what I'm talking about? The <laughs> yeah, big joint with yeah. the floating diamond. Yeah. I got the floating diamonds just like with the I lace. I had one in. of them joints. Man, this man would have got the whole joint with the bracelet. We had the little diamonds in the middle going down the thing. Nah, I ain't got. He ain't got nothing. That, no flow. Everything he got all same size <laughs> invisible joints and bigger diamonds on the face. I said, man, this I guess, man. Now, we, were all, we were all young back then. Oh, no, and we, we was like, yo, were. we gonna flex on them. But then realize, like, damn, man, as soon as we got old, it's like, that's why I still got all that shit now. Yeah. I do like, too. I'm a, literally, I'm a, at some point, I'm gonna melt it all down and give it to my son. Mm. You gonna melt it? You ain't gonna just bless him with one of the chains? Like, man, this is man. you. I met the rest, but. This one I want you to have. Listen, I don't know if his hands is like that yet, because he wear that. Oh, he can't, he might can't protect it. He can't protect it. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so I got to make sure his hands nice before I do he that. Got, now. Trained in art of war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> straight, straight up. You play. We ask guys. You done played with a lot of teammates. You've been on a lot of teams. You had a lot of teammates. If you had to put four other players, no matter what team, you had to put four other players with you. Who would beat them? Four other players. We you like, got some stuff that, that, in there. You got some Reggie. You got some. You got some. Well, like on one team. On one team, you had to pick four other players to play with you out of all the teams you the teammates. She would you be had. one. Oh, oh, yeah. She would. Rasheed Wallace would okay. be one. Oh, you and um, she in the backcourt. <sighs> yeah, obviously Front Steph court. would be one. Steph at point. Um, how many? T- how many? How many players I get? Four. Damn, only four. It's the starting five. It's, it's you and four more players. Who? Who's you? Oh, I need. A, I need a sub too. Give me two subs. Yeah. Go ahead. Right, give me two subs. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. Ridge, she, Steph, um, Stack Jack. Subs. I know one of his subs gonna be Bonzi. Uh, so that I, I was just thinking yeah, between Stack and know, I'm just a, because it gotta be that you know that's his that, you know. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna leave Bonzi off this. One. He 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 was close. I'm gonna leave him off this. Mm. One. No, that's that's my brother. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. You got Clay Thompson. Got Clay. Got That's Clay. ridiculous. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Let me go. Oh, we got D Wade. Like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You got, you got Ticket Pierce. Yeah, Ray. No, Shaq. Ray was gone. Shaq. No, Ray was Ooh, Shaq too. Yeah, Damn. all of us on the same team. Yeah, O'Neal and O'Neal Associates. 
Yo, best five. You got a hell of a. You got a. You can go six, seven deep. No, six, seven, eight, nine, ten deep, bro. Cause we got. You got Ray. You got Paul. Got. You got shooters. Kid, on there. We you got, got Reggie. You got. We Ray. got the. I got the best shooters ever. <laughs> oh hell with yeah! Clay, you got Reggie, Clay, 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 Clay and Steph, and, and Ray. Ray. Oh, no, Ray. It's it's That's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not going. I'm not going to answer this question. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be doing some of these these great players yeah, that he I. Yeah, got all the yeah. dudes on the whole top list. He got all of them. Then we can round them out with clear cut toughness with with ticket with she with Al Harrington. Yeah. With we just had Steven some crazy Jackson, lineups that poke you with folks that put together of their old teammates, and they were like, "Yeah, if I can just yeah. choose four to play with me, the lineup is crazy." JT just had a lineup where it was. Giannis, LeBron. No, no, it was it was Giannis, Dirk, and who's KG. It? KG. It was Giannis, like, Dirk, mm, KG. That's crazy in itself. And him and who was who was the guard? Who was the other guard? J Kid. J Kid. So J Kid, Giannis, Dirk, and KG. That was his all time team. And he still he played with he didn't play with LeBron. No, nah, he played with James Harden and Dwight Howard. That was right. James Harden and Dwight could have been on there. Like what? Damn. <laughs> That's a crazy lineup, right? It is. Drive Nation Sports. You know what I'm saying? You started, you, you built a facility, you know what I'm saying, for the kids in Dallas. You, that what you, you, you gonna just out. call it? <laughs> he built an oasis. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, built a, we played in facilities when we grew up. He built an oasis. <laughs> he built a compound. <laughs> what? A compound, boy? But, but, you know, you reside in Dallas, you know, you're giving back to the community and you built something that that kids has already been successful right at coming up volleyball basketball for fun my my son actually played in a tournament you know with t-max aau team mm. in the facility but how is that to create that and build that in the city that you reside in to bring something to dallas bring something different to dallas and to the table so man i honestly when i did that bro i didn't even know what i was doing I knew I needed something for my daughter at the time because she was scaling. So, you know, obviously Dallas so big, everything 35, 40 minutes away, you know, both ways, no matter where you go. And so I was like, man, let me go, let me go look at some of these other facilities. I'm looking at these facilities. I said, well, the only thing that I recognize is we do everything under one roof as pros. Mm-hmm. Outside of we if we break something, we gotta go to the hospital, but everything's under one roof. One roof. So I said, let me, let me go try to build something. And I built that and then it dwarfed into this. 2,000 plus kids scenario, right? We got set. We got 70, not including this year's class, 77 Division One athletes. Mm. 77. We have in the and this is our fifth year. We got four players that are in the NBA right now. That's what's and up. that is touchdown and drive nation. Whether it's Kate Cunningham, um, Tyrese Maxey, R.J. Hampton, and Jamias Ramsey, right? All kids that you know I had a chance to coach, right? And then you know obviously we got some other kids coming with Drew Timmy from Gonzaga uh, coming this year. Um, got some other kids that, that you know, Avery Anderson. I think is gonna be a pro after this year. But the biggest thing for me is like I, like I, I'm a believer in, in impact. So X Man came into a gym when I was 11 years Xavier old. Xavier McDaniel. Yeah. Xavier McDaniel. X Man. Yep. Oh yeah. 
I'm just saying it for the people in the yeah. back. So he came into a gym and, man, he changed everything about what we thought. It was inner city gym. Came and got 24 kids that he didn't even know. Right? Took us out to his house. I didn't know that that living, that type of living was in my own area, Backyard, right? yeah. Like the house on the hill, lake in the backyard. At the time, I thought it was the biggest house in the world. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was struggling a little bit because what I saw on television didn't, Translate. Translate to what I was seeing in person, right? Mm-hmm. On television, it's like everybody else but a black man is is going to be living like that. So he ended up, long story short, he ended up taking on you know the team, and he was telling us, like, we can be whatever we want to be. right? He, so he started putting his imprint on thought processes. So when I, so I fast-tracked that to drive, I'm given all tools and information. In many cases in our, in our areas, we lack, mm-hmm. right, on what that process should look like, right? Don't nobody give a fuck about your feelings, mm-hmm. right? It's about production and it's about outcome, mm-hmm. right? Playing hard, failing, which people don't want their kids to fail nowadays for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Fellas, failing and succeeding as well. Yeah, well give, yeah. give you a template. Yeah. And so we've made that become, you know, the first two years, I didn't necessarily know what it was. It was just a bunch of kids. I'm trying to figure out the people. I'm new to, new to Dallas and, you know, trying to figure out who's good for me, who's not. But now we're rolling. Like we know what it is, right? It's a standard to it. Right. To, I spend a lot of my personal time. I have my other businesses and stuff, but I spend a lot of my personal time, you know, dealing with these kids. You know, when I leave from here tonight, I'm going to coach a team. Right. And I'm in the gym telling these people about what it's supposed to look like. Now it's up to them whether they want to take the information or not. But, you know, we believe that we, we're one of the best um, organizations in the country. Uh, we're probably one of the, the largest ones in the country, you know, by, you know, by, by many means. Um, but hopefully these kids can do take the same storyline and, and say, you know, I, I played for a guy that used to play basketball. He poured into us as kids and our families. Now I'm going to give it back. You know, I'm going to pay it forward. What, what, what is it about Dallas? Like, because you, you didn't play in Dallas. You're an old lady from Portland. <laughs> like, like, what is it about Dallas that y'all was like, yeah, Dallas is the spot. And not only is it the spot, we're going to put our imprint on this city. State taxes, okay. no state taxes was oh, one. Florida. Um, but the damn property tax is starting to creep up on us. Was, <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. It was the Cowboys. What? That's right. Oh, I cut the show. He a fucking cut cowboy. Cut the show. Cut the show. Cut show. Right now. Cut the show. Time out. We ain't got to cut the camera. Because I won many a bet. Time out. Time out. We rejoice in that. Because I won many bets against him when we was on this. I had a lot of joyous occasions at his expense and D-Right. D-Right, if you watching this, listen. you know it. Jay Jones. I've been in a lot of arguments. A lot. A lot of arguments. <laughs> and he's been the on the ass end of them because of y'all sometimes, too. <laughs> Listen, I've had a lot of disgruntled arguments leaving the stadium. Bruh, so listen, so we, so I want to be a season That's ticket right. holder. Yeah. So we go to the games, thing. and bruh, I don't want to hear shit after the game. I'm so mad. Don't talk to me. Yeah. And it's causing problems in my in my marriage. <laughs> I'm like, don't don't talk to me right now, right? <laughs> and so it's been it's been one of those things where it has not paid me back from a perspective of investment in season tickets. But uh, big Cowboys fan, I think that I think Dallas is a good place to raise a family. It's been great from a from a school standpoint for my yeah. kids. Um, and I just think I can continue to build from that. You know, businesses, you know, new agency is going to be, uh, yeah. brick and mortar is going to be here in Dallas as well. So I'm excited about that. Man, shout out to Ezekiel, St. Louis boy. You man, know listen, that, man. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even want to talk about a cow, but what I want to do is give you your flowers, man, because I appreciate you with all the success, all of the money you made and everything you got going on. Like, 
for you to invest your time, forget about I know you put money into it, but a lot of people do things with money. To me, it's more important and more impactful, like you say, when you invest your time, when you show up and you there yeah. and you putting into the kids and pouring into them and giving your time and your experiences and sharing stuff with them and trying to make them better. To me, that's, you know, for, for guys that's in your situation, that's got all the money and got things to do, you got family to deal with, but you still make it a, 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 a point to make that part of your your mission to go and do for others and do for kids and to try and change situations that you saw yourself experience and put right. put kids in better situations, man. That's all. That's everything, bro. Like it don't really get much bigger than that. That's the biggest selfless act you could do, and like you really created a whole oasis for these kids. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? I've, I haven't been there, but I've heard and I've seen so many different great things about the facility, and I know the type of facilities we grew up playing in nowhere near close. <laughs> Like they planning right. like literally like the Portland Trailblazers, Paul Allen, Mark Cuban of of AAU yeah. sports and stuff. They getting the creme de la creme as close as it could be to pros, if not already at pro level with stuff. Yeah. So yeah. for you to put your money and your family and your, your time, y'all man. put y'all time into it, man. Like that's like, bro, that's that's like priceless to do. And like I'm super super happy that you're doing it. And I'm proud to be somebody, a friend of yours, the witness you're doing Appreciate it. That, and I know the impact that it's having on people like us because yeah. it's putting them in a in a safe environment, a positive environment, somewhere they could really grow and and, and, and become yeah. something. And like like I say, man, people like us that's been through what we went been through and experienced what we experienced, we got a, a wealth of knowledge to pass on. And for mm-hmm. you to be there in real time on the on the spot doing it for them, like it it, it can't come from a better source. Somebody has been through what you've been through and got all the experience that you got. And been where you've been, like it's it's it's, it's real. Just try to pay it forward, man. And, and God said, if you do things wholeheartedly, He's gonna give it back to you hundred folds, right? I don't do it. I don't, I, bro. Honestly, this is the truth. I don't even pay myself. I've not. I've pay, I haven't paid myself a dollar. And I run that thing. My my management team meets with me every morning, Monday through Fridays, at eleven a.m. Right. If I ain't in town, I'm gonna be on that call. Right. And so the idea really is is if we can continue to impact these communities, man, we're gonna all the issues that we start to see in our communities. Many of these kids will never be pros. That's what I was right. about. The majority of them will never be pros, so it's not about that. So it's about getting them educated, getting them to school for free. Get a scholarship. Right. Get a scholarship. Then they can take all the information, all that opportunity, and give back to the communities, mm-hmm. and then we'll be in a better place, bro, when we come down to it. So my kids, man, free. They're giving out free scholarships if you mess rock with this. Yeah. Then you can decide what you want to be. My yeah. son said he wanted to be an actor. And I told him, that's cool. I said, but why don't you play this basketball and get you a free scholarship in major <laughs> right. acting? You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, 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 it might not be the route. I, I'm just not going to send you to acting school. Right. But if you take it another, it's, that don't mean your route is closed. You right. Take it a whole nother route. Yes, sir. And get it done. 2001 All-NBA Team, 2002 All-Third NBA Team, 2003 Second All-NBA Team, 2004 Second All-NBA Team, Most Improved. Six All-Stars. Like six All-Stars, uh, three-time USA member, just your accomplishment, your community dominance. Community assist four times, boy. Yeah. Like in that community, look, look at it. He's like, yeah, phone them. I'm on phone them. Like, like your, your right. dominance, like that's one of the reasons like you're one of my favorite players. Like, and I, I always just like the underdogs, the players that they don't talk about mm-hmm. as much and might not be the most popular, but man, like dude's the dog. Like you were one yeah. of them dogs. You one of my know. favorite players, especially on and we off the court. The hoopers know though. But just uh just speak about your dominance, man. Like what you you the work you done put in. You can look back on it now and see, like, man, I put in work and I bust your 
favorite player's ass. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Nah, ain't bragging if it's true. Nah, nah, I, I, listen, I definitely appreciate that. I, mean, I think really from that, in that era, like I was just, again, it was more about proving myself every single night. You know, I remember my coach, uh, my high school coach, Coach Glimp, saying this. He said, remember, every time you go into a game, it's at least one person who's never seen you play before. Straight up. Right, and so you have to leave a, you leave that perception. You have, you have the opportunity to control your narrative when it comes to that. And so my idea was, okay, you know, I got to be able to control both sides of the floor. All right, I got to be a shot block. I got to rebound. I got to be able to switch. You know, I got to be able to do those type of things, and I got to score. And a lot of it, really, really, I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever, you, you've ever heard me say this, I used to go to so my high school coach. I always go back to Coach Lim because he always he had something for me all the time. He said, "I remember high school he said find something that allows you to get an edge." So I go to the fucking jump ball circle and I stare at him. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't look, if they didn't look me back in my eyes, he's good. Seen that? I'm a dog. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dog yeah. His ass tonight. Yeah. If he stared me back, yeah. I would just back out of the circle. Lace my shoes up tighter. Yeah, so I know I got something. I got something to prove. You ready to go? Right, but again, in that era where people were trying to give accolades out to people that their favorite player, I felt like I needed to prove myself every single night. And think about it. I was doing this. This was my whole process: is proving myself, proving myself, proving myself. So it, it became natural. And then it came to a point where I just felt like the respect was starting to be there. Right, that you know, you know, the eight years that I was, I think I averaged nineteen, almost twenty a game, you know, for eight years. Let me ask you this: like, this ain't got nothing to do with you because you ain't one of them. What makes you took so much pride in defense? Because you know we are defenders. And <laughs> what makes you took so much pride in defense? The way you took pride, because like, like you protected that basket so much that Indiana turned to a whole nother. Like, yeah, you had Ryan and 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 Jack now ready to go on the perimeter. Right. But shit, you know, it's hard. You can score in this league. It's a lot of great scores, yeah. but shit, when they get to that basket, if you got a motherfucker down there ain't having that shit, it makes it even more harder. Bro, listen, you, it was either you, I was going to block that shit, or you was going to dunk that shit on Yeah. Me. That's the thought process, right? Be like, You got to be violent when you play. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, so I, I ended up breaking the state record in South Carolina and block shots. Mm-hmm. So one, I had to learn something to keep me on the court in high school first, and that was playing defense. <laughs> yeah. So, so blocking shots became natural because people don't realize too. I write with both hands. Yeah. So basically, when people you know they're shooting righties, I'm on top of that right hand with that yeah. left hand. So I'm not going right against across the body. So I blocked a lot more shots. But that shit to me, blocking a shot was like dunking. Mm, it definitely was. When you look back on that draft, do you feel like that '96 draft is the best draft ever? Best draft ever. I, I would say uh, Jordan's draft was good. But when we talk about when people, because people like to say LeBron's draft, but we're talking about player for player, the draft. Yeah, I'm not talking them draft. three, not them three. three. Yeah. The draft. I don't even know why they throw that draft. in there because it's like that's after not them, nowhere near. Nothing else to talk about. Like y'all got an elite ass four or five, but then it like drop off nah. tremendously. But when, when I, I see, see that, that went undrafted, how that was yeah. that? How was that slam pitcher? Like like all y'all together. No like That's it was crazy. no chuck, no but chuck. like y'all, y'all look so hard. I look chuck back Kobe on that slam got the pitch, broken wrist right? behind his arm. Like, oh, like, that was fire. That picture is so dope that to me. Shit is one and of then when you unfold it, you take. see it. Like, the rest, I I'm had like, that Man, real cold, magazine. That's like bro. one of the dopest photos ever. But like taking it was like it was different because like for me as a as a seventeen year old, I was like, damn, like I got. I said, I mean, the only person I knew was Cole because mm-hmm. me and Cole knew each other since we were twelve. Rest of you seen on TV. On TV, I'm like, damn. 
cold. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. And it was one of those moments where when they brought everybody together, it was like this bravado. That is swag on swag. Them. Like they knew it, it was like literally, bro. When we was taking, ask anybody, it was in that picture. When we took that picture, it was like everybody knew this gonna be the best draft. This gonna class be the ever. group because <laughs> people were just like this, mm. and they were staring down that damn. It was no fucking around. They just people standing around when they said come together. It was like this, mm-hmm. and you can tell that it was like players within the draft felt like they were better than the other players. Mm-hmm. You feel that energy. Feel like energy, bro, and and to this very day, man, that that draft was just a just a monster of a draft. That picture, bro. that, that picture, is legendary draft, and man. iconic, though, bro. Yeah, like, best draft ever, is, man. Like, and I know that's something that that Chuck looked back on, like, why the fuck I missed that? Like, you know man. what I'm saying? Like, that's like one of them things. Like, but when he was there, it was like, man, hey, I ain't even go to this shit. It was like some legendary <laughs> shit for one shot, but like, right. he looking back, like, fuck, man, I should have been in yeah, that. That shit pop up every year, bro. Every year, every year. Straight up. Shout out to the 96 draft class. Talk about your relationship and, and, and how you know Kobe. And, you know, obviously, you know, we lost him way too early with a with a crazy situation. How Just that talk about you? Your, your relationship with Kobe and how everything that's played out has impacted you. Yeah, so we, um, I had a chance to meet Kobe and, and really the, the, the Bryant family. And shout out to the Bryant family, Shay and Sharia. Shout out. Um, you know, we were we were young, man, um, and to watch the progression of him, um, I remember even like going first couple years in the league. Every time we went there, like Miss Miss Mrs. Bryant, uh, Cole's mother, cooked dinner for us all the time. So it was like this crazy like relationship. And I remember when people was talking about like Cole changed. Um, I never felt like Kobe changed. Kobe just buckled down into the thing that, that he loved. Yeah, got more right? focus. Basketball was his best friend. That's just, just the truth. Like he, you know, because he changed and he wasn't as, he wasn't accessible to other people, don't mean that he changed. Exactly. Right? You know, what made him great is his ability to turn basketball into his best friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, one of the things that, you know, I always say this, like when you get a chance to um, to see somebody or talk to somebody, please do. Um, because the most interesting thing is that I had talked, so me and Kobe had talked maybe three or four weeks before the accident happened. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that he was like a lot different than he was when he was playing. Like he was just super intense playing. He was super laser sharp. And it was no it was no mixing and mingling of a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Right, it was just him and basketball, and then going back home to his family. But like, he called, wanted to talk to my son, put him on the phone with my son, and then we just started talking about like my son and his daughter, and it t- started talking about girls basketball. Obviously, I have a girls organization, and it's probably interesting. I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, I, I know you guys uh, uh, doing something with uh, JT as well, but um, we agreed to do a home and away series. So I was going to take my group out to California. He's going to bring his group so to yeah. Dallas. Yeah. And so we said, yeah, we're going to get together. We're gonna, let's, get, let's have dinner when we get out there, you know, both times. I said, okay, cool. Well, a week a week after that, I get a call from the Blazers. They were doing the 50th anniversary, you know, for their for their mm-hmm. organization. So I said, well, you know, they only, the 50th anniversary only come around one time. I'm, I'm going to go there. So Jason Terry takes the girls' team out to California. Tell me this. Yeah, and so he ended up being so the the actual so I called Kobe and I said, Look, brother, like I'm not gonna make it. 
but I'm going to get with you when you come to, to Dallas. Or I just come out to L.A. and we sit down and we have dinner. We hadn't had dinner yeah. uh, in years, bro, mm-hmm. in over a decade, to be completely honest. Um, now, we've seen each other, but, you know, hung out and stuff and we went to Europe, but just nothing, just me and him. Um, and so I remember, like, getting a call the morning of his death. He was actually on his way to play my girl's team mm. that Jason Terry was now JT told it to. That's when Jay, that's the story I know from Jay Terry when he yep. said he was coming to play me. Yep. And I, you know, it was, I remember I was in the elevator and, and everybody's phone was going crazy. And it was like, yeah, you know, is this true? Is this fake? And so I called, we got the elevator. I called my wife. I said, turn on the television and see if something happened to Cole. She turned on the t- uh, television and what she didn't see anything right away. She's like, nah, something like that would have been everywhere. And as soon as I got ready to say, all right, I'll call you back, she's like, oh, no, something did happen. And when it happened, bro, it was just like one of those moments where, like, it's hard to explain. Everything just stopped. Right, yeah, because we've we've been knowing each other since 12, 13 years old. And for something like that to happen to such an iconic figure, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it just didn't seem right. And And to add to that, is his daughter being involved, mm-hmm. right? That's hard to grasp like your child, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, prayers and, and condolences still go out, especially prayers uh, for Vanessa Bryant. You know, mm-hmm. I can't imagine like what Man. she's dealing with yeah. to the very day. Every single day, right? daily. It's reminded. She's reminded. When, even when she look at her kids, every time I look at her mm-hmm. posts, her like kids him. look yeah. just like him, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, Gianna. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's going to be a forever, you know, he's going to have a place in, in my mind and my heart forever. Um, you know, you you think you know you got time, and in some and in many cases you don't. And so I, I would recommend that people value every relationship that you can value. And as busy as we are um, personally, you know, I think just calling people and tell them you know you love them and what's up and mm-hmm. that type of thing is really important. I, I think I definitely started doing that. I think with everything that happened with Co- I didn't even realize how I really felt about him until mm. it happened. Cause it was mm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like when it happened, it was like when it first, when my, I, I don't even, I think my agent called me first and he said, and I'm like, you, I'm like, you lying. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, who playing like this? Who playing a joke? I'm going on this and going on that. Like you said, TV, internet, looking, don't see nothing. I'm like, man, that ain't the truth. Then, like you say, a few minutes later, it started to go fucking everywhere. And Crazy. it was just like, like once I really sat there and saw how I was like, I was fucked up. I was yeah. like, damn. Bro, I've, n- I've never seen so many men cry. Dead ass. Mm. I didn't think I would cry mm. over that or nothing. I was like, I didn't, like, I didn't this know is... how much I cared and loved him. That's what I'm saying. I gone. didn't realize that until it was actually what it was. Yeah. And it was like, you know, we literally had did one of the final interviews with him. We had him on the pod and it was like, mm. You Too know, much. everybody talking. And it was like, away. like I said, like, you you know, Cole, more mm. better, probably better than we did. Like, there was never a space for either of us to to like like I told I told him when we had him sitting there, I said, bro, I've never seen you anywhere but on the court. Yeah. That's mm. unbelievable. Like he was like, he sure. said he said that sure. was intentional. Right to everybody. He said that was intentional. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. so for me, like for us to get that time before the cameras rolling, while the cameras rolling, after the cameras weren't rolling, for him to show love and like to talk us. about our game and how he appreciated us and see, you know, what we doing? like regardless, my, my whole thing I always say about Kobe is like, I don't care who you are, what you what you think you are. Like when you played in that generation of the league, if you played when he played, he was the best. And you wanted the fucking best to see you. And to hear him acknowledge that he saw us like, 
that meant something. Yeah. Because regardless of, I don't, I'm not trying to, no groupie shit, no nothing, but like, if we being honest, he was the best. He yeah. was the closest thing to Mike we've seen. And, it, and it's probably time for, and the thing that I think bothers me is people, when I hear about people talking about who's the best ever, I've, they piss me off not never putting him right there. Cold that pisses me off, bro. I don't care what he nobody say. It's Mike then him <laughs> to me. It's Mike then him to me. I can y'all can talk all the shit y'all want to. It's Mike then him to me. I don't care. Because all those guys got that level of greatness, but Kobe is at, at he's at he's on that Mount Rushmore, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro, listen like, to what I'm telling yeah. you. In my opinion, anybody else can have whatever they want. I'm not disrespecting the Kareem's, the Wilts, or none of that shit. Mike Kobe. Y'all go wherever y'all want. Listen, that that is hard to debate. I'm not trying to. I'm not (laughs) trying to do nothing else. I'm telling you, go wherever you want to go. I know what I've seen. I know what I witnessed. I know what I experienced. I watched this man bust whoever the fuck down. Whoever. And he'll play D. Something that you don't do. We ain't gonna get into that though. (laughs) Like I said, man. Listen, we out here live on location. Fuck him. We got the, we got, look, we got the, the black Liberace, man. man. That man, man got Versace, dope, Versace, man. Versace, Yo, Versace, Versace. Love, to company the ice out here, man. We ain't, we in the land, man. Listen, bro. The big homie, the, the black Liberace, we, we can't appreciate you too much That's more, right man. Up, man. We don't want to take all your time, man. It's crazy. Man. I remember we had the we conversation. We got the J to the Izzo, man. You hear me? He's like, yeah, man, we got to do this in person. Yeah, cause he yeah, we want exactly. like yeah. he told no, cause he told me I said no nah, we waiting for J O. I told him I said J O off station. I'm letting <laughs> folks that out like cause we had to do the, the the screen stuff. So I'm I'm letting folks just go by, and I stood on it. Nah, he we did get J O on no screen. We <laughs> got to see, see like, him. I tried to buckle because the big homie <laughs> he said I was like oh I was like oh I I will well you call him then. That's when I got on the phone with you. That's what yeah, I told. Bro. I said, yeah, now you got to tell him we going to wait time to jump. I said, like, yeah, man, Little Roger said he bro, ready. We got to get Little Roger when you ready. But I was, I, was only said, uh, I was only saying I'm ready whenever y'all ready. Yeah. It's the same way with Jack and them with, with their joint. I said, look, whenever y'all ready, bro, I'm here. Yeah. Nah, the beautiful thing about this is that our fraternity is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got, we got as long as we willing to go and like this season eight for us, we get to keep on pushing mm. and there's so many other people that we get, so many dope stories and it's like now, like when we first started, it was kind of like, we like you said, we didn't know what we was doing. We just like a chicken with our head cut out trying to get whatever and now it's like, now we know we setting it up who perfect. we are, what we are and we got, we got, Mm-hmm. Until it's no more to continue to get everybody, and it's right. not like we're not looking at it like now. Like when we first start, like oh yeah, we gotta get COVID, we gotta get shot. Like now, it's like we realize, especially now that we've built something and Telling it is stories. what it is. Like now, we know that we don't have to. It ain't always gotta be the the, the biggest biggest fish. Yeah. Like everybody got crazy dope stories. Like yes. you know what I'm saying, from whoever to whoever, and it's about telling all our stories because you know what I'm saying. Like we not. Hall of Famers or All Stars or Superstars, like you was an All Star. You, you know what I'm saying? Hall of Fame worthy and all of that. Like, yeah, yeah. and we get a lot of that on our show. But yeah. like, me and him weren't any of that. But we still connected. We still know yeah. you and know everybody else just as well. And we can, you know, we can we can deliver their stories and y'all stories the same way. So it's not really about that to us. And we know. But I think y'all doing something bigger than you know. What I mean, like to me, y'all setting a platform where people gonna have a voice. Right, people can tell this story. To me, that that's the that most feel like important. A responsibility. That's all it's right? about yes, for us. That's like we feel like our responsibility is like, and it's not like show, for us. It's show not. how dope everybody is. And, we, and that's, that's our thing because we feel like we know the history is going to tell the Hall right. of Famers and everybody. But like, 
What about the dudes that's not? Yeah. Like who gonna get cause they got they some of some of some of the dudes that's not Hall of Famers and not the greatest, they stories are better than some of the Hall mm-hmm. of Famers. You know what I'm saying? Like just mm-hmm. because of what they went through and what they like, so everything is relative, man, and we just wanna try and keep that, you know, in the forefront and just keep showing everybody out and, and bringing their flowers to them because at the end of the day, bro, you was one of the dopest players I ever played with. I always had crazy appreciation for you and your game. Definitely. And what you did on the court was 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 nothing short of greatness. And everybody know it. So you know what I'm saying? It, we get a Jermaine O'Neal on our show to talk about what you did and how you did it and what you've been through. Like You'll see, bro. When we put the when we put it out, like the the, the comments and everything, like that's a lot of times what some of the biggest givebacks yeah. for us because just to hear the, what the people get from it and what they experience it from. It. And my favorite thing is like I've been knowing you as long as I know you, and I learned something today. So I know that everybody that watched this, they gonna learn something. That's what I said. Like this is much bigger than than any playing scenario because people think they know you, but they only know you for what they see on television. What they see exactly. on TV or what they Google. Right. Yeah, they don't, they don't <laughs> I mean, that's why I think this this is dope, man. I always thought it was dope, man. You shout out to what you guys are doing, man. Keep doing it, man. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's needed. And you got two brothers on it leading the way, too. Yeah, up, man. Yeah. J.O. the GOAT, man. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribute.com